but once there we go it's live it's nine o'clock kids it's tuesday night that means it's time for the get off my lawn podcast welcome everybody we are glad you are here we are going to do something that we've never actually done here before and and uh well not very often um we've talked about a few i don't know tender subjects or touchy subjects before um you should go back and look up our abortion chat back when we were doing two a Tuesday. That was a good, good discussion we had then. But uh, tonight we're going to uh, we're going to see what happens, and and I may make everybody mad, and I might wake up tomorrow with no subscribers. You might all bail off my Facebook page. You might all quit me on YouTube. That's okay. Uh, I'd much rather say what I actually believe and have people dislike me for who I am than not say some of this and pretend like things are okay that I don't think are okay and have you like me for who I'm not. That's not okay with me. So we're going to see what happens. We will let everybody um, go through and uh, get the notifications and join us here. We've got a few people joining us already live out there in the chat. Uh, looks like we've got, of course, Sandhill Sweetheart is in the chat. She's sitting over in the producer's chair uh, where I like to have her. She's keeping an eye on all the comments. Uh, more to come on the comments here in a little bit. We've got Justin Gibbons finally back. Welcome home, Justin. Uh, G23 is in the house. Uh, Rogue Banshee is out there and in here. Agorizer is there. Now we can start the party. Uh, who else is here? Carolina EDC Reviews uh mystic guns is here emily l is in the house uh 402 outdoorsman two live moo jay brown and i'm sure blue steel 44 i'm sure more and more will come all the time uh please leave a comment in the live chat if you're watching rick nethery's in the house uh if you're not if, if you're not commenting we don't know you're out there at least not on youtube we are again we're working on being able to do these live on youtube and facebook at the same time and facebook i think might actually let us know when people start watching but we don't get to see you on youtube unless you talk to us and say hi because we want to talk back and say hi to you and that's what sandhill sweetheart does while i'm running my yap she's actually uh holding it down in the chat and welcoming everybody and, and talking to all of you out there so uh she does the typing and i do the talking which is kind of just a really a good description of our whole marriage so, all right. Um, also, something new tonight, and I'll try to uh, remember to pop this uh, this banner up a couple times tonight, but we do have a new email address that we are only going to pay attention to while we are live on these podcasts. So uh, this will come into play more later on in the evening uh, as I kind of explain what's happening tonight, but um, you can email us at sandhillslive at gmail.com. I don't have my own domain, so it's still going to be a Gmail, but sandhillslive at gmail.com. Um, now that I've said that, I realize I probably should have done get off my lawn at gmail.com, but that's probably taken. So this one worked and uh, that is the email address. So if you, uh, as you're listening tonight, as you're watching, if you're catching this live, uh, go ahead and drop uh, an email to us if you want to, sandhillslive at gmail.com. And uh, if you have things that you want to say that you want to voice and you don't want to just type them out in the chat, then uh, we will give you a chance to come in and actually uh, tell us your experiences and, and the things that you've seen and heard and felt. Um, but these links 
do not go out just to everybody and we can only fit six people five with me over here on the screen and i can only get about three more waiting out in the wings to to come up on the screen at a time so if we need to shuffle people through uh we will do that we'll give people a excuse me we'll give people a chance to talk and then uh we'll shuffle people through as we need to but if this is a chat that you want in on while we are live then we will get you a link so what i need you to do when you make that email is just give us kind of just a brief summary of what it is you want to tell people about. And, uh, because we're going to do our best to screen people. Um, and, and everybody's going to have to kind of follow the rules and I'll go over those here in a second after everybody gets a chance to introduce themselves, but, uh, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, you know, any, any call in show on the radio as a producer out screening the calls that actually get onto the air, we're going to do our best to screen the people before we actually put you on the air too. Um, but that being said, I can kick anybody out instantly if I need to. That also goes for the chat. So we'll we'll get into that in a second. But first, we already have kind of a rogues gallery tonight of uh, of panelists. And hopefully we get enough people that, that we get to cycle everybody through tonight. But we'll let everybody go through here. And... Um, say hello and before i do that out there in out there in the uh in the chat 402 outdoorsman has said news for you all this i just read the email tonight gunstreamer has shut down starting next week so as of june 30th that'll be the last time you can go to gunstreamer i just want all of you who uh who are over there working at gunstreamer uh, i can't think of all your names paul ashley and and the rest of you that that i i'm sorry i forget everybody's name um we are with you. I don't know if it's just the fact due to COVID that sometimes the money isn't always coming in for everybody. That makes it hard to keep things going when things like Gunstreamer are mostly funded out of the pocket of the people that do it. So we're, we're sad to see you go. We understand that it's not permanent. Um, it's just until further notice, <clears throat> we anxiously await notice that Gunstreamer will be back up and running. Um, but, uh, you know, it just goes to show if everybody doesn't support some of these things, they do go away. These, these aren't, these aren't a given. So keep that in mind. We'll do what we can to see if we can get Gunstreamer back sooner than later. So, all right, let's give everybody a chance to say hi. First in the room tonight, we had squib load joining us and I know he's still at work. So if you get a chance to say hi, we'll let you do it right now. Hi. Hi. All right. He'll be with us more later. I heard uh, that, uh, the duck is supposed to work better with mobile starting this week. Really? So let's hope uh, yeah, starting well, this week as in already now or starting well, like tomorrow. I would think already now, but you know, one person's, you know, it's a rumor. I heard, I don't, I didn't even go to their website to verify it. So my phone may still overheat and shut down, in which case I guess it's not now, but what I heard. Cool. Are you at a point after we get uh, rolling here that we can get some of your thoughts out early? Yes, because uh, I am working until 1230 tonight instead of 1030. Ooh. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, and we don't have any emergencies. Now that I said that, something will break. <laughs> Doggone it. You done jinxed it now. All righty. Well, uh, we will see if we can get some of your thoughts out here early so that just in case the phone does make you shut it down, uh, at least you've had a chance to... Uh, to speak your mind and that's part of what we're going to do tonight 
All right, next up, we've got for the first time joining us tonight on the Get Off My Lawn podcast, we have got another YouTube, uh, what do I want to say, a YouTube phenom sensation, um, dude, the Rogue Banshee. Hey, thanks for having me tonight. What a subject to make my entrance into your podcast <laughs> for the first time. Trial by <laughs> fire, right? If you stick with us and you want to come back in weeks to come after this one, then it, it, I guarantee they're going to be a lot smoother sailing than than what this one could could turn out to be. We'll see. Um, all righty, but thanks for being here. So, do we call you Rogue? Do we call you Banshee? Do we call you TRB? Yeah, you can call me Rogue. You can call me Banshee. Either one, either one. It, just uh, Frank or George. Yeah, or... just 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 don't forget to call me late to dinner. Okay. Mr. Banshee. It's Mr. Banshee. <laughs> Mr. Banshee. Yeah, it's Mr. Banshee, which which is kind of odd because you know Banshee is a female spirit. It's true. So uh yeah. I don't um, judge here, man. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, well, right. see, I, I, unless, I, identify, I identify as myself. Unless you're a mutant, uh, if, if you're one of uh Charles Xavier's phenoms, then Banshee, I think, was a dude, so it's okay, it's all good. There we're not go. we're not gonna judge here. All right, thanks for joining us. Next up, we've got Duke Liberty in the house squirting jelly out of his squirt gun, which is still the probably one of the best things you could ever get for Christmas, <laughs> right? Or a cowboy who rides an ostrich. I'd still rather have the squirt gun. <laughs> no, man. Thanks for the invite. I really appreciate it. Uh, as, as always, a, a great bunch of uh, folks to be around. Excited to have the conversation tonight, man. Really looking forward to it. Thanks as always. You bet. Thanks for being here. All right. We've got the king of the Travi, Travis P11, holding it down across the state from me in the capital city. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, it's always good to be here. I appreciate the invite. Thank you very much. Uh, cheap plugs as usual. Check out my podcast. Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. It's called Caliber Corner. We talk guns and ammo. But uh, anyway, I'm, I'm always happy to be here. Thanks for saving a spot for me, man. Appreciate you it. You bet. You bet. All right. Last but not least, we've got Pat Hirsch, also in Nebraska. So we can definitely say that half of our uh, panel so far is in Nebraska. And like I said, hopefully we uh, we get so many people wanting to join that that we do see some fresh faces come through. But Pat, thanks for joining. Hey, thanks for having me on tonight. Um, yeah, it's could be a supercharged uh, little episode we have here tonight. Hopefully nothing gets too out of hand or anything, but I'm glad to be a part of it. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And thanks for being here. All right. Now I want to uh, just address my mods out there in the live chat. Those of you with blue wrenches, those are also known as ban hammers. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody. I think, yeah, I've, I've got a few. There's a couple of you out there. Sandhill Sweetheart is probably going to be doing most of the uh, most of the moderating tonight over in the chat. But out there in the in the chat, um, yes, yes, Travis T. There are rules. Um, when we get into this discussion, we are not going to make this uh, something that that gives food or 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 gives uh, more talking points to people that that want to um try and and oppose you know whatever it is that you or i may may agree with um a lot of people disagree with most of what i'm going to say tonight and i don't want this to be something where it, it actually fans the flames the reason that we're going to have this chat is because um it's something that i've wanted to do for a long time and um 
just like a lot of things with with recent current events it's just everything's kind of come to a head uh and i just decided let's go ahead and see if we can sit down and have this chat um so you moderators out there we're not going to let anybody actually say things that are blatantly racist now if you have an honest question and you're trying to find out an answer that is one thing if you're actually going to just call people names individually or groups of people um just to call them names or to stir things up we're not going to allow it you're not going to get uh you're not going to get a war well one warning you're going to get put in timeout one time and if it happens again you're just going to be gone and you'll have to join us next week there will be no appeals because that's how that works once you get banned you can't come back until the next chat uh, so uh that being the case just just keep it civil that's what we want out there in in the chat there's not going to be um and the same thing for those of us on the panel um if we get somebody in here that actually wants to uh disagree with us and, and please come in and disagree we are you're always welcome to come in and disagree with the things that i say or any of the rest of the panelists uh but if you do disagree we're not going to get into um into a fight we're not going to get a name calling or attacking people uh it's going to be it can be passionate, but it's not going to be mean. Does that make sense to everybody? Um, we're not going to allow that kind of crap. We're not going to allow people to get set up as as kind of a you know a gotcha type of a moment where you try and trap people uh, by the things that you're trying to say or or you know make them say it. Just looks like you're putting words in their mouth. That's not good. Um, and also, as far as mic drop moments, um, if if you come in here simply to say something to, you know, drop the mic and prove a point, you've already missed the point of the chat. And so the point is to actually sit down and have a discussion where people who are listening maybe can can see a different point of view or hear a different point of view expressed than their own. And uh, and and I think that's going to be healthy and that's what we want to do. Um, a while back, I first had the idea of doing this because and long before COVID-19 or the, the, the racially charged uh, things that are happening right now long before this, I mean, a year ago or better, I wanted to sit down and just get a diverse panel and just have a chat that, that shows that we can have people who don't all look the same, sound the same, think the same, vote the same, worship the same, love the same, whatever it is, we can all sit down and just have a cool discussion where you know, if there's something that, that you want to know, it's a safe place to ask. Um, the reason that I say that is because if, if I ask a question, then it's almost like, you know, I, I, I should just know this, like magically I'm supposed to just be, you know, politically correct and, and socially smooth and all this. Um, and, and there's a lot of things that I don't know because I've never been exposed to certain cultures or certain ways of life. And, uh, if I don't ask the questions, I don't know any other way to get the answers. So, uh, and a lot of it's because I've never had anybody where I could just ask those questions. Um, and, and case in point being some friends of mine who are gay, I don't know what it's like to be gay. And I didn't grow up with anybody who did know what it was like to be gay, or if they did, they didn't say so at the time. I've got a lot of questions and it's not because I'm a bigot uh, and I might be, I, but I don't try to be, um, it's not because I, I, I have any, any animosity or things like that. It's just, there's things that I don't understand that my brain won't wrap around unless I ask these questions and, and get these answers from other people's perspectives. Okay. 
Um, and that can be said for, for anybody. It doesn't just have to have to do with whether somebody's gay or straight or, or anything in between. Um, I'm just saying that I want to have a safe place tonight where we can, we can say things and ask things without it blowing up on us or blowing back on us in a negative way. Unless, like I said, it's going to blow back on you in a negative way. If you meant it to come out in a negative way on purpose, that's the only thing we're going to watch for tonight. Um, but now with everything that's going on in current events, um, I think it's it's probably, I don't know, I've debated whether or not we should do this. I was going to do it a week ago and, and didn't do it. And even though I still don't have any panelists that have, have agreed to sit down um, who, uh, you know, are from racially or, or religious or ethnic uh, diverse backgrounds from me or whatever, uh, we're still going to do this. And hopefully those of you listening will share this link so that your friends, relatives, family members, people that you know, maybe can get a chance to hear about this and come in and talk to us. Okay. That's what we want. So, so please, it's, it's not about the views. I'm not getting monetized. I age restricted this because I'm not going to clean up the language. There are some things that I'm going to say that I really don't know how to say them and, and express the point that I actually want to express. Um, without using some maybe off-color language that we don't typically allow. So we age-restricted this, and, and this is the warning, too. Um, again, we're, we're not going to pull punches, and, and we're not going to um, not allow any kind of any, any specific word. But again, just, just be thoughtful of how you say things. If, if you're going to you know, use off-color language, that's fine. But at the same time, you know, if, if what you're saying is just so that you can drop an F-bomb, then it probably doesn't have any part. But we're not going to ban it in the chat. We're not going to ban it from the panel. Uh, we're just going to, again, we're going to be real here. All of us be real. So, uh, that being said, I have a disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed are those of the individuals expressing them and do not necessarily express the opinion of other panelists, this channel, or any sponsors, or any of our employers. So, that being said, we can all speak freely and we know that each one of us, and myself included, my opinions are mine and nobody else's. So, when I speak, I only speak for me and all of our panelists are the same way they only speak for themselves. All right. Whoo! That was a whole lot of talking before I bring other people in. I'm about dried out. Um, the first thing I want to do, and, and partly because we know that the phone may overheat and squib may get kicked out uh, earlier than some of the rest of us. But when you and I were talking earlier uh, today and this week, squib, you had a couple things that, that really I thought were good. And um, go ahead and pick whichever one you want. And let's just kind of kick things off a little bit. And we'll just kind of open this up for some discussion and see where this goes. Well, I've been trying to work on a speaking squibbish on racism since last week, since we were talking off air last week. So it's not trying to beat you to the punch, but maybe no, no, uh, maybe warm up the audience or, or just, you know, mm -hmm. put it in my, my two cents. Did a lot of takes, but that's normal when I'm doing a speaking squibbish and you know, trying to get it within a certain time limit and trying to get my point across and what I ended up doing was going off on different tangents, which is another thing that happens when I record them. And I finally got one that I was somewhat happy with. And more or less, I talked about the fact that the way people interpret racism today and the way they deal with it is with more racism. 
So the people claiming to be victims of racism are actually combating it with more racism. And that's worse than the initial racism to begin with. I also think that America has worked really hard to deal with racism, to deal with inequality, to deal with intolerance. You could throw sexism and all the other isms in there with racism, right? And I think that the entertainment industry, I think that media, both mainstream and social, and I think our politicians keep dredging it up. They keep bringing it back and shoving it in our face and telling us it's still here or it won't go away or won't die. But yet I think we as, as Americans just on our own have done plenty to deal with it. And I think that if you're going to, to go out there and scream racism and play victim, then you're not going to get as much sympathy from some people because there are other people that say that they've been affected by racism, but they, they still made themselves. They still took advantage of the fact that this is America, the land of opportunity, and did something with their lives and, and got on with it and didn't let it, anybody hold them down. And you've also got people that are using racism as an excuse for violence. Oh, well, I feel slighted, so I think I'm going to you know, beat up this person. And you've got CEOs of company releasing emails and whatnot saying, we don't support this and we don't, you know, why would they? But some of the places that I've been getting emails from, it's like, why would you even have anything to do with why this is this isn't even something you should be doing. This has nothing to do with your company, but they're terrified that somebody's gonna burn down their business. So they're just placating people. And there's constantly this this you know pushback to uh, the Civil War and the Confederacy and slavery and white guilt and white privilege and all, and it, all that, every time I hear that stuff, it infuriates the hell out of me. And I, I was raised down south. You would think I'd be some sort of racist. But my parents didn't raise me to be a racist. I mean, you know, some people say that, the, you know, uh, where they live is, is, you know, fairly one color. And okay, fine, so be it. I've lived in all kinds of places, all kinds of diversity. Then when I was in the military, there was all kinds of diversity. And I went all around the world. I've been to Africa. You know, what's funny is you hear all these people that have never been to Africa talking about the Africa, African descent and making that part of the issue too. And it's like, dude, you wouldn't last five minutes in Africa. Don't even tell me about, you know, your, your conditions here or anything else like that. And, you know, stuff. So things like that infuriate the hell out of me. And I look at how many people I've known of all different kinds of ethnicities, not just black, all different kinds of ethnicities that have succeeded in life. They've left, they've left whatever was holding them back behind and, and just succeeded in life. I mean, look at how many famous people there are of a minority. I can't stand that word either. That infuriates me because it's like I see plenty of people of different ethnicities all over. So where are these minorities? But these air quotes minorities, you see tons of them in politics. Tons of them own their own business. Tons of them are millionaires. Tons of them are famous entertainers. They're this, you know, the whole land of opportunity in America is a real thing. And we don't need people who are trying to push an agenda to tell us it isn't. We don't need people trying to tell people the fact that you choose to live in a bad neighborhood and you choose to be poor is somebody else's fault. It's not your fault. It is your fault. You can 
get out of that neighborhood. You can make a better life for yourself. Just, oh no, somebody's holding me back. No, no, that infuriates me too. I don't, I don't want there to be this divide in our country. I also don't think that we should all be united either. We're all individuals. And sometimes we get together in different groups and sometimes those groups are judged. But I, I, I just, you know, everybody in America has equal opportunity. We're not all equal. Somebody who's stronger than you, where's the equality? Somebody who's smarter than you, where's the equality? Somebody who's born rich versus somebody who's born poor. Somebody who's born poor has got to work harder to get somewhere in life. Where's the equality? But we all have equal opportunity. And that's the most important thing for me that we don't lose. And what I'm seeing is one side gets to control the narrative. One side gets to control the media. One side gets to tell us what statues can be out there, what monuments can be out there, what we can say at work, what we can say in public, what we can say anywhere. And before you know it, they're going to be burning books. They're going to be banning movies, burning books. And it, it's, it's going to be a mess. So I'm hoping that our country gets back on track somehow. And as we have in the past, when there's been tensions, we heal as a country. We, when we come together, we're really great. But we don't stay together very long. Well, I don't think it's a good idea for us to stay together very long. But we also don't have to be this far apart. I think there's a lot of people out there stirring the pot. And they have, you know... It's, it's always said that if the government can divide us, they can control us. And the media is all about sell. If it bleeds, it leads, right? They're selling this. And the entertainment industry, you know, it's, you know what's funny is, I'm, I'm going to say this on air. I'm going to go ahead and say this on air. I wasn't raised to use the N-word. But you know when I have? When I've sang rap songs, sang by black rappers who were making millions off those songs. When I was a teenager in high school, I listened to a lot of rap music with a lot of swear words. And I'd be singing along with these, these guys are making tons of money off of white kids that are buying their records, buying their tapes. You know, I'm that old, tapes and records, okay? <laughs> okay? But, but they're the same ones who now will get on national TV and talk about how bad it is, all this stuff. But it's like, wait a minute. You were out there using these racial slurs. You were talking about living this gangster lifestyle. You were talking about, you know, abusing women and, and breaking the law and killing the cops and all that. What? So isn't it, it's just, it drives me nuts when I see all this. It's okay for me, but not for thee. This side can, can be the only side that's right, and the other side is evil. And, and this isn't America. And I've heard some people talk about, you know, there, there could be another civil war. We hear talk about that all the time. I don't know if that's really going to happen. I hope not. But I hope that if people can have an open discussion, if people can have an open discussion, maybe we can stop it before something does get worse. I mean, we don't know what's next. And there's one more thing. I'd like to quote a comedian. Uh, he, he had a, he's a white comedian, and he had a black friend. And his black friend said to him, you don't know what it's like to be black. And he fired right back at his black friend. You don't know what it's like to not know what it's like to be black. And I think that kind of sums up part of what you were saying about being able to have a talk with a person of a different gender, of a different ethnicity, of a different background, of a different sexual preference, of a different religion, of a different political party, of a different point of view, and just have a conversation to understand why they are the way they are, why they think what they think. You're not trying to start a fight. You're not trying to start an argument. You're not trying to convert them. You don't want them to convert you. You just want to have a conversation. And I think America needs more of that. But all we're getting is a one-sided conversation, aren't we? No, and I think that's just it. And there's a whole lot to unpack there, and I should have taken notes. Um, but but yeah, you 
you know, it, it's funny because Dude, it, I, it, I was it, really worried the phone was going to overheat and shut <laughs> off. So I tried to get it all in one. Okay. No, no, I got you. Um, the uh, it seems like it at face value. This is a little too hot in my headphones. Okay, it seems like at face value that um, the uh, that's just a you know a, a quick snappy kind of a catchy comeback, right? Like you don't know what it's like to be black. You don't know what it's like to not know what it's like to be black. But if you think about that, that's exactly kind of what I was saying is that I don't know what it's like to be black. And I, and I admit that I don't have a problem talking about how I don't know what it's like to be black. Okay. I don't know what it's like to be female. I don't know what it's like to be from a different country. I don't know what it's like to be raised where uh, I'm a minority and I don't look like the majority of the people around or talk like them or sound like them. I don't know what it's like to be a lot of different things. I only know what it's like to be me specifically. And and second of all, we all look at the world through the lens of our experience, right? I mean, if if you uh, if you well, there's going to be a few generalizations, but uh, I mean, if if you have a bad experience with um, as a man, if you have enough bad relationships, say with women, then eventually you're going to kind of get to that point in your life where you just kind of feel like all of the women out there are bad and there aren't any decent ones and they're not to be trusted. Now you can fill in those two blanks, men and women with any other, you know, situation that fits. But I think that if you kind of, most of you can see what I'm saying there or hear what I'm saying there is that, um, you know, we all judge the world and everyone and everything in it based on our past experiences. And, and that's not always a bad thing but it's, it's true for all of us. And so, um, the, the biggest point with all that is again, if I want to, if I want to know how it feels to be somebody else, then how would I ever know if they won't tell me? Um, I had a situation here a few weeks ago, back when the, the racism thing was ramping up really big right after George Floyd was murdered. Let me just say that I believe it was murder, and I don't know anybody. I've never spoken with anybody who doesn't think that was a murder, okay? Um, nobody's arguing that point. George Floyd was murdered, and I think that everybody would agree with that. At least, like I said, everybody I've ever spoken with does agree with that. But right after that, it was getting, you know, it was pretty ugly there for a while on, on social media, and it's kind of simmered down a little bit now. But um, I, I just commented on a friend's post about such things and how, you know, the cops were all bad and, and how the whole world's racist and all that. And that's fine. If that's your opinion, you get to voice that that's, you know, you have that right in this country, but I just, and I don't even remember the exact words of my comment, but I said, you know, uh, at what point can we just sit down and at what point can somebody like me ask questions and find out answers and, and find out, you know, um, actually have a discussion about some of this uh, so that we do get to know more about what it feels like to be you. And it wasn't even the the person who the friend of mine who made the post, it was somebody else that I don't even know decided just to go off on me and assume that I'm a racist because I already don't know what it's like to be them. And I'm already, you know, I'm not out there protesting and picketing and everything else uh, saying that, you know, the white people need to bow down to, to everybody else and, and this, that, and the other. And I should just pull my head out of my white ass. And I don't even remember the rest of it. I said, all right, well, we could have had a conversation. 
and we could have actually had something beautiful come of this and we could have actually tried to understand each other but you wanted to just prove a point and call me names and you've shut down communication because now i don't want to talk i hope it was worth it which you know stirred up more uh not good feelings and not good words and i just let it go but the thing that the thing that i want to accomplish tonight isn't to stir this up and it may be what happens but it's not the intent um earlier somebody had commented that you know the i think it was travis t had commented um we uh we deal with it by by not making it a big deal well i think i alluded to this last week but anybody who's ever been through a traumatic experience whether it was somebody who was molested as a child or somebody that was attacked as, as an adult, maybe you were in a terrible car accident, whatever the case. Um, if you've been through some sort of, and maybe you're a veteran and you saw some stuff that you can't even explain to those of us who've never been there. Uh, whatever is the case, if it messed you up, what do all the experts, all the therapists tell you is the, the safe and healthy way to deal with that? Not talk about it? Just just let it go, cover it up, bury it, and and not get it out? Is that healthy? No, we do have an issue. There are people in this country who are a problem. And if we don't talk about this, then I think that it's kind of like Edmund Burke saying the only thing necessary for evil uh, to prevail is for good men to do nothing. That's a paraphrase. Um, and so I want to have the conversation. I want to admit all of us, you know, sit down and, and talk about the fact that, hey, there are some assholes out there. There are people that are racist in America. It happens, okay? And I don't care if we're talking about the police, if we're talking about business, if we're talking about education. You pick an industry, there's racist, racist, race holes. There's race holes. There's racist, there are assholes in those groups of people. Any group of people, there's going to be some bad ones. We all know that. The point being that not everybody, number one, is bad, okay? But number two, there are ways that we need to deal with this, and there are things that we actually don't deal with, don't get to deal with, not in this country. Um, the, I know that right now there's a big push for especially the, and I'm just going to lump everybody together, and I know this is bad and it's dangerous, but I don't know how else to do this part. But the, the Black Lives Matter protesters and all of their sympathizers, I should say, um, there's a big push right now to eliminate history, right? Tear down these statues. Let's make it look like it never happened. Well, again, based on what I just said, I don't find that healthy. I don't think that covering up the bad things that happened in this country in the past actually is good and healthy for our country. But at the same time, um, what... Uh, uh, what actually we need to remember is you're never going to eliminate racism in a country where people have the right to be racists. And I don't like them and I am not advocating to be racist. And to me, we should have started with this. Let me just establish my own opinion. This is how I define a racist. It's somebody who believes that based on race alone, they are better than everybody that's not in their race. So a white supremacist, by definition, in my mind, is a racist because they believe that white people are supreme over every other race. Now, I don't think that. 
and you can tell me I'm racist and you can tell me that I say and do racist things and, and they may or may not be true. That's really, really subjective, but I do not believe that my skin color makes me better than anybody or my ethnicity or my gender or my sexual orientation or my religion or anything else makes me better than anybody. And I think that's what racism is. But if I did, I'd have that right. In this country, I've got the right to be an asshole. I've got the right to say things that make you offended and nobody can do anything about it. And we've kind of lost sight of that. And we've, we've kind of turned racism into or racist into the new word that says, you know, well, you said something that I don't like, so I'm just going to call you a racist because it's one of the worst things that you could possibly call somebody. Um, it's losing its kind of its edge now. But it's still one of the worst things that you could possibly call somebody based on some of the atrocities that have happened in our country and others based on race and ethnicity. And if you don't don't, people get offended way too easy. And what what you don't find offensive, what a hundred other people don't find offensive, one person does, and if they're a loud enough voice, then suddenly you're the racist, you're the bigot, you're the whatever, right? Mm -hmm. and, And and okay, somebody needs to establish in this country that you have the right to offend somebody or somebody has a right to feel offended, but that's all they are, are feelings. The same way you have the right to feel like a bigot, you have the right to feel afraid, you have the right to feel offended, you have the right to, and you, and, and if you're offended, so be it. It's mm-hmm. on you. It's on you. Your feelings are on you. They're not on me. I get so sick of people twisting it and going, you made me feel this way. No, you made yourself feel that way. You reacted to me. You reacted or, or, to exercising my freedom. You here's the thing is is let me tweak and and I'm not putting words in your mouth, Squib. This is my own take on what you just said, but I would tweak that a little bit and say that maybe you made me feel that way, but I chose how to react to it and how to respond to it and whether or not I dwell on it. So, yeah, somebody is. There's always going to be somebody that comes along and says things that that you don't like and that are offensive. And again, in the United States of America. Whoop-de-doo, you got offended. Okay. Um, guess what? Not only do we have the right to be offensive, we also have the right to not give a shit. And that's another thing that I've seen recently is white silence equals violence. If I'm not out there protesting that black lives matter, then I'm part of the problem. Or maybe is it just because I don't have anything good to say, so I'm choosing to not say anything at all. I have the right to not put a dog into this fight. And it doesn't mean that I don't think that black lives matter because they do. But I can't say that all lives matter right now because that makes me racist, even though they do. And the only thing that the only thing that makes sense in my mind that isn't racist is if we just say lives matter and we leave it at that. But people want to make a bigger deal out of the black lives right now, because that's what the wrote the the riots and the protests have been about is how a black man got killed by a white cop. But. I have not seen any evidence yet that suggests that the guy got killed because he was black and the cop was white. He got killed because the cop was an asshole and a murderer. uh, Simple as that. But people don't want to hear that. They want to hear that cops are bad and they're killing black people, you know, at a higher rate than white people. The numbers don't support that. But I don't even know what to believe anymore because I don't trust any news outlets anymore. So I don't know what to believe. And that does not help. And that makes me mad because I can't even sit down and have an educated conversation with somebody because I can't get educated because no matter what I see, it's skewed some way. 
and and I cannot get the all the truth anywhere. And that's not the way that news needs to work. Um. Uh, anyway, um, out there, Ghost said racism is having negative ideals about a person because of race. Not necessarily they're better, but judge people based on race. Now, um, I want to, I want to expound on that just a little bit, and uh, I want to say this that I think in in some way, shape, or form. I think that all of us, I'll admit to it. And I think that if, if we're all honest, I think every one of you uh, could probably admit to this too, whether I'm talking to the panelists, those of you listening, uh, anybody that's hearing this right now. Um, I think that, that whether or not it's race or something, um, we're all a little bit prejudiced in, in some way, shape or form. And, and when I say that, I mean, um, you know, if, if you go into a certain part of town, that's maybe a little bit, um, not as well off, maybe not, not the, the well-to-do part of town, you know, what do you do? You make sure your doors are locked, right? When you're, you, even before you park, you make sure when you're rolling down the street, maybe your doors are locked. Is that a racist thing to do? Or is that a, an elitist thing to do or a privileged thing to do? Or is it just good tactics? But the fact of the matter is that certain neighborhoods are more likely to have crimes committed than other neighborhoods, right? And so there's a there's a disconnect in the world, and has been for some time, and probably always, that you know, just because things are statistically so, it doesn't necessarily mean that there there's a, a racist edge or a racist angle to it. Um and like I said, I live in one of the most diverse blocks that, that I can think of. Uh, we've got, what, two, four, five houses on this block and six houses on this block. And so um, we've got white neighbors. I've got a, a, a single divorced lady next door. I've got a Hispanic dude next door. I've got, uh, I think it's a rental house because the, the, the cars and the faces change every, every year, year and a half kitty cornered. I've got a black family across the street and rednecks kitty cornered the other direction. And, uh, heck you never know when they're going to have a, a bonfire at midnight and tent set up outside. And these guys all have, you know, jacked up pickup trucks and one of them's rusted out and, and loud pipes. And I've got a diverse neighborhood. I've got anywhere from the trailer park to, to, you know, a super nice looking house. And the lady spends more time on her lawn than she does inside. I've got it all on my block. And the, the cool thing is that none of us, as far as I can tell, none of us dislike any of the rest of us. There's people I don't really interact with much. My neighbors across the street, I, I talk to more than anybody, but none of us care about, you know, the ethnicity or the income level or, you know, whatever it is of, of the people on the, on the block. I mean, we all smile and, and wave at each other when we drive by and, and I might not know all their names, but you know, as far as I can tell, everybody that lives around me is a, a pretty decent person. And so I think that if we all sat down and had this discussion together, I think that, uh, we all might find out that most everybody kind of feels that way, no matter the ethnicity. But right now, it's way too easy to get into into an argument. And, and which one of you said it? I, I don't remember. But one of you said people are looking for a reason to get offended right now. And you're right. 
And let me take something that you said, extrapolate on it and pass yeah. it around to the panel. Okay. So you're talking about the whole uh, uh, lock in your car thing. And this is something where I, I had a recent conversation with a black lady about this. Okay. She's a landscaper and she was at somebody's house and it was an old white lady and she's standing in the front yard with a weed whip and the old white lady clicks the lock button on her car from inside the house, hits the remote key pop. Now she says that was racist because I'm black and I'm, I'm doing yard work in her yard and she thinks I'm going to rob her car. Now I didn't go fire back at her because I, I, we were having a good conversation. I just want to leave it be, I mean, we were, we were at the store and you know, whatever. And, but here's the thing for her to assume that the woman hit her lock button because she thought a black person was going to rob her car is just as racist as locking your car because a black person's in your lawn. Now, let me explain. What if it was a white landscaper, but what, it's a stranger to her? She doesn't know this person. She doesn't know who they are. She doesn't, and, or she's a little old lady. She's living all on her own, and everything she does is kind of a little cautious. Or what if uh, she's living in, a, in maybe a not-such-a-good neighborhood, like, well, like what you were talking about, and maybe it's the prevalent thing to lock your car and make sure your car is locked. To just assume that because she's a little old white lady, she's instantly racist. Now, maybe she is because she was raised that way. She's older and, you know, who knows? But the whole point being is who's the racist? The woman in the house with the key fob or the woman standing outside looking for an excuse to call it racism? So what do you guys, what do you guys see there? It, it could be neither one. It could be both. But I don't think that the two are related. And and I think to the, the point you're trying to make there is that uh, just because somebody locked their car, it, it doesn't necessarily make them racist just because the person doing the landscaping happened to be black. Um, I would do the same thing if I had somebody working at my house that I don't know. And if I don't know you, chances are very, very, very slim that I'm going to trust you. That's just how That's I just am. I don't care don't what care color your skin, your skin is. is. I don't care any of the rest of it. I don't trust people I don't know. And so, and so I would, I would do the would same do the thing same and it doesn't, thing. It doesn't matter, matter who's doing the landscaping to me. Now you're right. The old lady could have been racist. We don't know, but just the very fact that she locked her car door again, that that's somebody that's looking to get offended. Right. But, and that's just it. If you're looking for racism, you'll find it, whether it's there or not, you'll find it. And that's the problem. People are looking for it where it doesn't exist. They're creating it where it doesn't exist. They're, they're bringing it back after it's been dealt with. They're artificially inserting it. But this was a matter of perception. If you're mm -hmm. on one side and you feel oppressed, then you're going to see it everywhere. If you're on the other side, well, and you and, and you're, you're going to call it out whether it's there or not. So I want to know, you know, do other people, would other people look at that? You know, are they both wrong? Is one of them right? Is one of them wrong? I let's, I, let's maybe flip things just a little bit here. I'm getting some feedback somewhere. Uh, is that squib? Yeah, I mean, you need to squib. We'll try this. I mean, just think about it, though. If you grew up in an environment where you were always treated as a second-class citizen, you've always had that kind of a reaction from people that were a different skin color than you. You always had people making a second look at you. If you had a lifetime of that that you had to deal with, you know, I mean, I, I could see that there would be frustration. I know I wouldn't want to deal with situations like that. Mm -hmm. and, I've, and I've had people lock their doors when I walk by. I mean, that's just a common reaction. But I just think that if you've if you've been raised in an environment where 
you've just had, you've just never been treated as an equal. I can see why people would be frustrated because I know I wouldn't want to deal with that. And well, I think, go ahead. I think it's super important to admit there is privilege. I'm a white guy. I carry a gun. When I got pulled over the other day by a cop, I definitely get treated differently than if a black guy had gotten pulled over and said he had a gun. That's bullshit. No, it's not. There's no way. There's there. You said you're saying white privilege doesn't exist. That is bullshit. I'm so sick of hearing that. I'm waiting to get mine. I'm with with Duke. I'm not saying it's white privilege. Duke, I'm with you. You know, everybody who's who's ever interacted with somebody who is not white understands that this does happen. Now, is it all, uh, is it all real or is a lot of it perceived where it isn't there? I don't know, but you and I both know that there are people that get pulled over and get hassled just because of driving while black or walking while black. Does it happen all the time? No. Is it sometimes other things that, that they got pulled over for, but they want to say that it was this? Maybe, but I don't know because it doesn't happen to me. But I'm not going to sit here and say that it doesn't happen to anybody because you and I both know that there's dick cops out there that pull people over just to fuck with them. And it could be what their color of their skin is. It could be because the cop had a bad day and he's being more of a dick than normal or she. But you and I both know that it happens. And we're not going to sit here and say that it doesn't happen ever. Is it a systemic problem and do all cops do it? No, I won't say that either. I still support cops, not the dicks, the good ones. But it, it does happen. And, and I know people that that have had this happen. And the the interaction turned out fine. But still, the thought is in the dude's mind when he gets pulled over. Okay, uh, what's going to happen? Kids, put your hands up on the headrest in front of you. I'm going to put my hands on the steering wheel. Some people have gotten conditioned to doing things uh, just to to get through an interaction with police because they don't know what's going to happen. So, Squib, I'm not necessarily trying to to call you out, but I do disagree with what you said. But, Duke, I'm going to let you finish your thought. Yeah, man, I I think we've got to admit that uh, now there's a reason for that. There's a reason why um, I would say that that a black man would be treated different uh, than a white man if he has a gun. He's getting pulled over. I understand that there are some statistics that show crime, and I'm all, I'm I'm okay with that. Uh, but we've got to have the conversation that I and just to be honest, that I'm going to be treated differently because I'm white. Um, I've got to have that conversation. We need to look to be allies in this situation, especially the Second Amendment community on this whole issue um that's another thing but i think it's a huge it's, it's really important to look at the whole context of the problem no no i i i agree and yeah there there are sometimes reasons that reasons that that happens but those of you on the panel um what uh what do you all have to say about that We're talking about the idea of, of white privilege or what exactly are we are we saying here? I do not believe I mean I'm just gonna say I, I don't I, I don't okay. think there's white privilege. I think that white privilege is is a myth. Um and I think that I can honestly say that without being hypocritical when I say that some people do get fucked with because they're black. 
or because they're Hispanic or because they don't look like everybody else in the neighborhood or because they stick out in their neighborhood. I know that people sometimes get fucked with because of that. That doesn't necessarily mean that there's white privilege. It just means that sometimes even law enforcement, they get prejudiced, they get jaded, they get tired of, you know, looking at the statistics and they start to see things. They look for patterns that aren't necessarily there because they've seen these patterns enough. Does it excuse it? No, but it hopefully can help explain it. So not the well, white privilege so much, Travis, as just yeah. the uh, just the the notion that, you know, do you believe that some people do get fucked with just because of the color of their skin or or their ethnicity? You know, I'm just going to say this. I, I want to go back and look at one thing that Travis T said earlier. He said, you know, why not just treat everyone the same and call out people who don't on a case by case basis? Um, I mean, I know lots of people members of my own family that uh, that make racist comments that that just narrow-minded opinions and, and a mindset and I see this unfortunately in a lot of people that I know in Nebraska right uh, and myself you know coming come, coming moving from a town that was a majority Hispanic I, I would deal with comments from people almost on a constant basis or members of my own family or people I'd run into um, and I just think with people that have, those kinds of opinions about people of color, the, 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 the stuff that they say, I mean, even growing up in my own, my own home and stuff, hearing this, you get conditioned to a certain mindset that unfortunately is very negative. And I think that it, you can call it ignorance. You can call it what you want, but if you have lots of people or generations of people that, that don't treat others like equals, you have and you're and you're raised in a home where the mindset is that this person of this skin color is not an equal to you or there's some stereotype about them that's perpetuated by your own family it's going to have an effect in some way shape or form out there in society whether i'm a cop or whether i'm a professional or whether whatever i mean it's 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 hard to get away from that kind of conditioning that a person might receive when they're younger. I guess I don't know if I'm making any sense with this. I'm just saying a lot of the narrow mindedness that I run into with other Nebraskans, I can see that carrying over into generation society. It is, and it, and and that is going to have an effect on people mm-hmm. because whether it's that person locking their doors when somebody walks by because well mom and dad said that those people of that skin color do this or do that or they're thieves or they're all bad or they're all whatever i mean that and my my i mean i'm i i am a very open-minded person i try to treat treat everybody the same as much as i possibly can but there are things that i heard growing up they just even things i hear from my own family now that I'm like, if I said something like that, I, I would be fired immediately for my job. You know, the comments mm-hmm. that people make. And that that is very difficult uh, to get around. You know, I just think about jokes and stuff that people would. I mean, there's one thing when you're joking. You know, we've all heard, well, there's a Pollock and a priest and a whatever goes into a bar kind of joke, right? But but to hear some of the things that, that family members have said, I mean, I can understand why people grow up narrow-minded racist okay i'm just gonna say that right now i can understand the frustration from other people because i wouldn't want to be called these things or treated this way because i'm not white all right i would never want to have to deal with that and and you have maybe a a unique perspective travis with you know what what you've done and and where you've lived and and worked you know for so many years now for those of you that aren't aware the the uh the community and the school system that travis just left um is predominantly hispanic now right travis yeah it, it has been for probably about the last 
I'd say in, probably 20 in, years in central Nebraska. And yeah, Travis, yeah. Travis is a Spanish teacher and I'm not talking about, he teaches white kids, you know, uno, dos. No, Travis has been like when you and I go to English class and then the, the people whose Spanish is their first language go to Spanish class. That's what Travis teaches or, or was teaching in, in that community. And you get to see, or, or I don't, I shouldn't say get to see, but you have been able to observe um, better than, than a lot of people who, you know, who are white. Cause you're not Hispanic. You're no Czech, yeah, right. I mean, you're, yeah. you're European. Czech, German, um, and Swedish. I'm about as non. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the yeah. opposite. Of, <laughs> right. So, so, but you, you have been exposed to a perspective that a lot of us uh, maybe wouldn't have. Plus, you know, the nuances of the language and everything else. Uh, so even when people are, are having conversations, you know, you're right there still, still with them. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I, I'm glad you're here because maybe it, it, it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, we're, we're talking not so much about black lives matter at the moment, but you know, we've got a, a, a lot of, uh, Hispanic communities across my state and, and across, you know, all of the, the Midwest and the Plains States. And, uh, you know, this is something that, that the, uh, the Hispanic community deals with all the time too. Now, when we've got people like MS 13 coming across the border and causing problems and making a bad name for everybody, it's kind of easy to see again, where some of this, the, that the police are dealing with, you know, um, if, if most of the people that you're, you're busting are, you know, gang related activity and they may be black gangs or, or Hispanic gangs or Asian gangs or whatever. I mean, when you run across somebody who's walking down the street dressed just like everybody else wearing, you know, the same clothes that the thugs wear and, and maybe not a thug, maybe this is just a kid that his mom gave him 20 bucks and sent him down the street to go get some He's butter and eggs and milk. Rapper in the video right. you watched but, on MTV, but you know, when, yeah, when yeah. you're dressed like everybody <laughs> is, I'm not saying that if you dress like a thug, you're in a gang. What I'm saying is when everybody dresses the same and everybody that's walking down the street, the police can't tell who's a thug and who's a gangster and who's not, then what do we expect from them? Uh, stop and frisk? No. That's a huge violation of a lot of rights. But at the same time, when 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 they've dealt with so many people that look and act the same way, then when you look and act like the people that they've been dealing with, why would you not expect they're going to assume a few things about you until they get to know you better? But see, right? Daniel's statement right there just invalidated what Duke just said. So which is it? What do you mean? Okay. He's got white privilege when he gets pulled over because they're not going to mess with him because his skin color is white. But if he was black, he'd have to, he'd instantly be facing. Okay. A black no, guy that's not what I said. That's not at all. You what called I it said. White privilege. That's what you called it. <laughs> I said you, I said, I have to admit that I'm going to be treated differently. You said privilege. Than a black man. Okay. I'll say privilege. I have the privilege to be not treated the same way a black man is going to be treated. If he's carrying a gun. You that's not the same as, okay. as white privilege though. Do you think it's because not because of your skin color, but because of what kind of vehicle you're driving, how you're behaving, how you're dressed, how you're groomed, how you act when the cops come up there, what neighborhood you're in? Not saying that, okay, like what Stangles was saying, and you've got a neighborhood where the, every, almost every single time the cop pulls somebody over, it's a stolen car, it's a DUI, they've got drugs, 
They got a warrant. Uh, you know, they're belligerent with the cops. There's a chase. There's an arrest. There's a so in that neighborhood, it doesn't matter if you're black or white. Now, sure, most of the people in the neighborhood maybe are black or they're white or they're Hispanic or they're whatever, right? But that's when that cop almost every, nine out of ten times they pull somebody over. That's what's going to happen. Then ten out of ten times they're going to be on their guard when they come up to that car. But if you live in the neighborhood where when they pull you over, they're just looking to make money for the municipality because all they are overpaid meter maid. Okay, you're going to get treated different because of that, not because you're white. If you're if you're a black guy wearing a suit and a tie driving a Mercedes and you're doing 15 over, you're not going to get treated the same as a carload full of guys that look like they're bloods and crips driving a ghetto sled. You're not. And if you say you are, I don't agree. Unless, of course, the cop is racist at that point. I think it's all about perception. It's your appearance and it's where you're at. If you it's just like if you were to drive through Detroit to go to downtown that you wanted to drive through the neighborhoods because you can actually save time driving through the neighborhoods if you want to get downtown to go to one of the sporting events or, or concerts or something like that, and you break down down there, you're going to look like a marshmallow in hot chocolate. <laughs> and you've got to be worried about what is going to happen because of the color of your skin. Now, that's racism. And don't tell me your white privilege is going to get you out of that trouble. And that's a terrible thing to say, but it's true. That's why everybody takes the expressway. If you know it takes longer and you're backed up in traffic. But, but the, that, that, that's the reality of things. Just like that cop who has to deal with the environment that they patrol in every night. They're not going to treat you a certain way if you don't act a certain way, if you don't fit a certain stereotype. And you might say, well, that's profiling. Well, you know, I don't like profiling either, but sometimes it's a necessary evil because if they had profiled, we might not have had 9-11. I think we all profile to an extent, though. I think we all do. I think it's human nature to profile. You you look at somebody and you size them up and you make snap decisions about them all the time. That's what we do as gun owners, right? As people who are aware of our surroundings and, and situational awareness. I mean, you look at everybody in the room as you just do a once over and you're, you're instantly making snap judgments about nine tenths or more of the people in the room. You may go back and your eyes may linger again on a couple people that you think may be either troublemakers or somebody that could possibly have your back if it hits the fan. But we all instantly make snap judgments about everybody and everything. And then once we've made the initial assessment, then, you know, that's when more data comes in, can, can change that assessment. Right. But I think that, that the, the snap decision, the, the profiling, you can call it prejudice. You can call it whatever you want to. Um, there's a lot of different things that we could call that, but I think that, that's just human nature. Well, let's, say the, let's say the cop pulled over somebody driving your neighbor's pickup truck, jacked up, rusty, got the hillbilly bumper stickers on there, blaring country music, loud exhaust, and the guy's driving like an a-hole. Do you think the cop is maybe going to be a little bit more on guard or a little bit more, you know, whatever you want to call it with that person than a guy driving a brand new pickup truck with no bumper stickers on, not blaring the music, not with a loud exhaust, not with that. You might go, well, then that's, that's privilege of money. No, it's privilege of, of, of appearance, if you want to call it privilege at all. But that doesn't mean that that person driving a new truck isn't a drug dealer and they got hidden drugs in there. And it doesn't mean the person driving the truck with a loud exhaust and the blare in the music it has no traffic violations up to this point. You Possibly, don't know. but you in don't this, know. In but, this but, day but, and age, I think we're going to be hard-pressed to find a cop that will approach any vehicle at this point and, and without, without caution. And that's the other thing. If you want the cops to treat people of a certain background or a certain appearance or a certain behavior a certain way, 
burning down police stations and and saying we're going to kill the police and defund the police and all this isn't going to get them to stop doing it if they were doing it to begin with. So I just think that in a few circumstances, you are going to have some people with prejudices that are maybe above and beyond what you might be able to to explain based on where they work and what they've had to go through. But for everybody else, it's just doing the job. I'll give you an example. I, I We got pulled over once. Dad had a Camaro that the taillights constantly burned out in that thing. We'd have to keep, keep changing taillight bulbs in the, in the dang thing. Well, we got pulled over in my white privileged neighborhood and with, you know, they think there's only like three black families in the whole neighborhood back in the 80s with this car because of a burned out taillight. And the cops got out of the car and they put their hands on their guns. And one came over on the driver's side where he was and the passenger side where I was. I'm a teenager at the time. And they come up to the car with their hands on their guns and they, they kind of crouch back and, they're, and, you know, they ask for license and registration, stuff like that. And I was pretty offended because I'm like, what the hell is going on? We ain't, you know, you run the license plate. My dad has no criminal record. We're no warrant, no whatever. We weren't, you know, it burned out taillights again. And I talked to, uh, about a year or two ago, I talked to a retired cop or, or a, a former cop about this. And he says, you know why they pulled you over? I said, yeah, burned out taillights. He goes, wouldn't, he said, no. I mean, do you know why they had their hands on their guns? I'm like, yeah, because they were assholes. He goes, no, because they thought you were you were smuggling drugs in the taillights. I said, what? He goes, oh, yeah, drug dealers, they put them in the taillights all the time. And a burned out taillight is a, is a key sign that somebody's smuggling drugs. I go, I never knew that. And he goes, most people don't know that. But for decades, I, you know, that's one of the reasons I haven't liked cops. You know, where was my privilege there? Where was what, you know? So it was strictly a matter of they thought my dad was a drug dealer. I mean, you, 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 it's all perception. Wait, wait, you're telling me that you believe that, I, that, that cops pull people over for broken taillights because there's possibly drugs inside the, the taillight. That's what I had a former cop. Oh, tell me. Okay. 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 That's what I, I that's why he told okay. me. He, okay. He said, he, he said the reason they had their hands on their guns is because they thought you were smuggling drugs. Or they couldn't take a chance that, you know, they they couldn't chance it until they until they knew for sure. But here here I was in my in my upper middle class, almost all white, privileged neighborhood, mm-hmm. back in the eighties, and it happened. So you know, I mean, it's all perception, and I can have a negative attitude about police for the rest of my life because of that. But I can also say, uh, where 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 was all this? Uh, you know, protection or where was this, where was the profile and where we didn't fit the profile, you know, we weren't, but we were, so it happens. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't, I don't like the fact that people are looking for a problem where it doesn't exist or where it rarely exists. But that's, again, that goes back to human nature and, and agorizer has thrown a comment out there. Um, saying discrimination is natural and smart. If you don't practice it, you're a shithead. Now, Earlier, Agorizer, you had said that uh, we all discriminate. That doesn't necessarily Im- imply prejudice. And I just want to, um, I just want to say that the the way that I see those two words, I think we reverse them. Um, I think we're all to an extent. I think we're all prejudiced. I think that we all build prejudices. Is it prejudices? Pre- anyway, we all build that up in our mind again based on our experiences. And if if you grow up in, a, uh, you know, you have a bad experience, say with uh with with dogs as a small child you get bit by a dog okay then uh you're not around dogs very often but every time you see a dog you instantly get frightened 
right? Because you think that that you're going to have another bad experience that based on the the limited experience that you have with dogs, which was bad. Okay. Does that mean that the dog's going to bite you? Probably not. But is that fear legitimate? Yes. That fear is legitimate to you. Whether or not the fear is rational or irrational, it's real to you. And when people get pulled over, whether or not the fear that they're going to get messed with or they're going to get arrested or they're going to get shot for doing nothing wrong, there is a real fear. Now, is it rational or irrational? I don't know. Depends on the situation. Maybe it's a real fear. Tell uh, Diamond Reynolds that people don't get shot when they're not doing anything wrong. I think she would disagree. For those of you that don't know her name, you might remember Philando Castile's name. She was in the car with him, so was her daughter. And sometimes bad things do happen. Now, is it all the time? No. Uh, and again, was he shot because he was black? I don't know. I don't know all the details, and I don't know what's in the heart of the guy that pulled the trigger. Okay. But I do know that sometimes bad things happen. And I do know that when we see those headlines, and again, we can have a whole nother discussion uh, just on what the media does to stir things up and make things worse uh, and how irresponsible they are in their reporting. But when something like that happens and it does make national headlines, then that only feeds the flames, right? For the people that have that fear that they're going to get messed with because they're black or because they're Hispanic or because they're, you know, fill in the blank, whatever they are, because, uh, because it happened once and it could happen again. And we all know that people make mistakes and sometimes people are jerks. So we, we're not going to say that it never happens. And, and I'm not going to judge whether or not that fear is rational or irrational. That's, that's between you and, and whatever you're feeling, but there are people that have that fear, but let's not lose track of the fact that whether or not that fear is based in uh, likelihood or or if it's an irrational fear, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I'm afraid to go out of my house because there might be an asteroid that falls on me. Well, there might be, but it's a pretty slim chance. You know, you might get shot by a cop, but it's a pretty slim chance if you, uh, you know, don't reach for things that you're not told to reach for and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. I don't know if that's a real fear or not. Okay. But if you think that that's, what you're or if you if excuse me if that is what you're afraid of then for you that's real and for people that have that that is their perception and and each one of us our perception defines our reality right so what i don't want to have is a discussion where we tell people well you're just being dumb you're just being stupid don't even worry about that i don't want to invalidate what people think or feel okay whether or not i think they're right doesn't I don't get to choose whether or not they think or feel something. Okay. That's theirs. And I don't get to own that. It's not my problem. But at the same time, I don't get to tell them whether or not uh it's it's something that they really should think or feel. That's their own decision to make. Okay. Um, but having said all that, there are um I think there's a difference between prejudice and discrimination. Now, let's go back to earlier what I had said. Um, and I'm pulling this all back to agorizers comment there about discrimination and, and, and prejudice. Um, I may be a racist. I, I may be a complete evil bigot. I might be the biggest asshole in, in all of America. Okay. Um, and, and I might think that, that everybody that, you know, has different color skin, even people with dark tans, I might not like them, you know, or whatever. Maybe I don't like, you know, this, that, or the other, maybe I don't like people with man buns. Cause 
I find it foolish, but that's my own opinion. But the thing is, it doesn't matter if I don't like something. It doesn't matter if I hate something. Okay. I don't, I don't think I hate anybody, but it doesn't matter. What matters is how I treat them. So if, if I tell somebody, you know, uh, that, that I want to hurt them or I try to hurt somebody based solely on the color of their skin or their religion or their sexual preference or whatever it is, then that's a crime. Okay. But hating somebody's not a crime. Thinking that I'm better than somebody is not a crime. Saying bad things that offend people is not a crime unless again, unless I'm actually trying to incite violence or, or stir up a panic or things like that. That's an irresponsible use of my words. It's not protected by, by the first amendment, but expressing my opinion is. And so I have the right to be a jerk, but I don't have the right to tell somebody I'm not going to hire you because you're black. I don't have the right to say, I'm not going to work with you because you're Mexican. I don't have the right to say that, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to, uh, well, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that I, I actually do have the right to, I, I have the right to not let you in my panel based on whether or not I like you. Cause it's, it's, it's my panel, but, but we know the things that are, that are protected by the laws, right. Uh, and discrimination to me is when you actually move from, from your racism being internal to externalizing it and, and actually treating somebody differently based on your prejudices, whether it's racism, sexism, homophobia, any ism or phobia that we can throw in there doesn't matter. Um, the point being that I think to me, discrimination is the, the part where that's where we start violating other people's rights. And I don't think that racism or any of those other isms or prejudice violate anybody's rights. I, I think that I've got the right to be a jerk if I want to be a jerk and I've got the right to tell you off and I, you've got the right to be offended and you've got the right to tell me back off and whatever. But if I start targeting you and attacking you and actually doing things to try and hurt you, okay, now I've committed a crime and it doesn't really matter why I've committed a crime. Uh, I don't think that, uh, that killing somebody is, is any, they're not any more dead because, you know, because somebody doesn't like a black person versus just because they got killed, they're still dead. Okay. And the person that killed them is, is still a murderer. And I, I don't like seeing things like hate crimes or hate speech, uh, being talked about in, in legal terms, um, and having laws about those. But I do say that there's a difference between the prejudice and the discrimination. And, and I would just say that I, I would reverse them from what, uh, agorizer has said and, and prejudice is right up there with racism and we have a right to be prejudiced. We don't have a right to discriminate against anybody that violates their rights, but me not liking you does not violate your rights. That being said, I, I like all of you just so you know, we love you too, man. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Can we talk about the, the statues being pulled down for just a little bit? Can we maybe, since that's happening yes. a lot across the country, yes. Um, you know, we keep saying, well, that's, you know, that's, that's erasing history. I don't know if that's necessarily taking it out of the history books or if that's deleting that passage from Wikipedia. And I can see how some people would say, well, you start pulling down statues and then you start erasing sections from history books and this and that. Now, I'm not from the South, okay? I, I, I never had family that fought in the Confederacy. And I can understand that they, 
you know, those, those people are proud of their family members for fighting for whatever cause they believed in. Right. But I don't know if I necessarily disagree with the statues being pulled down. I'm sure it's going to take a few people off me saying it. It's okay. I guess the fact that we have a person that, you know, has a memorial and you might say, well, no, they represent the soldiers that fought in that battle. Well, wait, Travis, but, can you tell me when they erected those? When did they erect those statues? Like the 60s, right? Oh, that's right. The 60s. The, the 1960s had... or the 1860s? Which one was it? You know, and, and the, I guess the thing is, you've got a statue of a person that owned human beings as property in our country. I guess I don't want to see that kind of a symbol. That's just me. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. They pulled down a statue of Christopher Columbus. I didn't even know the guy had a statue. <laughs> Personally, just after looking at, at, at history and the conquest that happened, I don't think he was necessarily a good person. All right. It's the same thing with like Cortez, you know, conquering Mexico. You better demolish the Washington not Monument then. As a matter of fact, take down the Lincoln Memorial too, because he's a war criminal. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, you know, I... I can see why people would be upset if if they put up a, a statue of, of Stalin or whoever it was that was invading the Czech Republic in the 50s. When my family had to leave, if they put that statue up in my town, I wouldn't want that statue up. I can just say that right now because because my family, my, my mom, my dad's side, they had to basically leave they they had to leave everything they worked for in the czech republic and they had to leave in i don't know if it was 1951 52 because the communists were rolling into czechoslovakia and they had to they had to leave all their property and come to the u.s and start over again because of a communist invasion i mean i would not want a statue of a communist in my community you might say well communist is one thing and the soldier is something else the hatred those people had towards my family or the fact that my family didn't want to adopt their ideals and they had to leave their home. I don't know. I guess I wouldn't want that statue. I can understand why people would be upset about it. And you're right, Squib. None of those, none of those guys have a perfect past, a perfect history. They were slave owners at one point or another. They had done horrible things, you know, no, I'm they? not completely. They? Whether or not they have is, is taking down all of the, all of the history of is taking down all of the reminders really the thing to do if if we're going to complain uh and i shouldn't say we but if people are going to complain about how racist america is and how racist our past is and how terrible um the the slave trade was and it 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 was and still is to this day in in certain parts of the world even in our country horrendous it's terrible i can't think of very many things that are worse if anything that is worse than that than, than somebody acting like they own you and you become property i i don't think there's a worse thing in the world than than that um i can think of things that may be just as bad but i can't think of a worse feeling and and when i imagine how that must feel you if know, if problem i had with a lot of this stuff is we're trying to erase our history <clears throat> Do we have a really dark history? Yes, we we absolutely have done some horrible things in our past. Mm -hmm. the The problem is is that tearing down a statue is not going to erase that history. It, it happened. I can understand mm -hmm. that people get upset about symbols and things like that. I, I get it, but if we don't understand our history and study our history, you know, it, it, like the old saying says, we're doomed to repeat it. So 
let's not destroy that history. I mean, we don't have to celebrate the bad stuff about our history, but we can celebrate how far we've come since that point. But when were, when were these monuments erected? They were erected from the 20s to the 60s by a bunch of racist leaders who wanted to remind the black community their place. What? Yeah, that's when most of you, them were erected. You, know, you, you freaking ignorant Yankees are so... Damn, you believe all the crap they taught you in public school. No, actually, I, I was never no. taught that in public school. I was never I taught that in public that. school. <laughs> I researched it afterwards. But so if I that's said the in hill public you wanna... school in Georgia, reading a history book, telling you that you and your family and the people all around you were the bad guys and the villains. You try living with that. No, I'm, I'm saying that they were they were erected to remind black people. That's where all those 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 Robert E. Lee statues and all those other statues that are were, were erected. They were erected years and years and years after the Civil War. As a reminder to the during the civil rights movement, as a reminder to black people during the Jim Crow time and the but yeah. during segregation, it had nothing to do with the hundredth anniversary of the Civil War. Nothing at all. You're right. It had nothing to do with black people fighting for their rights at that time. If that's the hill you want to die on, I'm sorry. I just won't get with that program, man. And that's why I think we really need to step forward and look to be allies in this situation. And not in, on the side of, it's not erasing history. I'm not trying to upturn graves. I understand your concern. But man, these, these things were a symbol to black people to stay in their place. And that's exactly what they're looked at nowadays. And if, if I have a fellow American who's black and says, I see that as oppression, I can understand that. And I want to be sympathetic to that. But and as an American, that's my issue, man. All right, now, yep. now, hold on, both of you, because we're not going to have this be a, a, a knockdown drag out. I know you're both passionate, and that's fine. But to the point, I think, that, that was we were beginning to make there is that we, we have the choice of removing these, these reminders, okay? Um, is it going to undo what actually was done? No. Is it going to make things any better? No. Um, now, some people that have been through terrible things, first of all, I don't know how you forget something like that when it happened to you personally. Um, so I don't know that what difference, you know, that, that having a scar um, as a reminder, you know, I, I think that sometimes those reminders, you can choose to look at those as a terrible thing and dwell on what bad happened, or you can you can choose to let that reminder remind you that, hey, I'm going to make sure this never happens again. I'm going to make sure that whatever bad thing happened, I will fight against that tooth and nail and, and prevent that from happening in the future. My fear of removing these monuments is that it makes a whole lot of stuff really easy to sweep under the rug and say that it never happened. And we need to not forget our past lest we be doomed to repeat it. And that's the biggest fear that I've got when it comes to removing some of these monuments. Now, I don't know what it's like to look at a monument and feel, uh, feel what people might feel or must feel when they see that. And it reminds them of, you know, years of oppression of, of their ancestors. But let's keep in mind, there ain't anybody breathing air right now uh, that was an American slave. And there ain't anybody breathing air right now that owned one. Now, there are people that, that came in this country illegally as indentured servants and, and got human traffic. And I'm not saying slavery doesn't exist. 
What I'm saying is, if we're going to talk about the slave trade that was abolished by Abraham Lincoln with the Emancipation Proclamation, then there ain't anybody alive today that, that remembers those times. Okay? Okay, and, two, two things about that. Indentured servitude was legal. Slavery was legal. At the time, I'm not yes. They were good, but they right. were legal. And I think that's the first thing people forget. This is just like the whole gun thing. People are like, yeah, we got to start the boogaloo. We got to go down there to the state capitol and drag them out by their hair and execute them in the, in, the, in the courtyard. No, that's not how you do it. You win it legally. There are, there, it, everything could have been handled differently. Things were changing, times were changing. Unfortunately, it came to war, but the war wasn't about slaves, it was about money. Yes. And they don't teach that in the schools anymore. Well, the, the, the slavery was an easy scapegoat to blame the conflict on, just like racism yeah. today is an easy scapegoat to blame our conflict and, on. But it's the issue is never the issue, right? And those statues of those Confederate officers, most of them were officers in the U.S. military beforehand and had served sometimes uh, in, in, in a conflict that was in the history books beforehand. And some of them went on afterward to do things, to include get elected or whatever. And sure, some of them were slave owners, some were not, but it doesn't matter. It wasn't illegal at the time. Those who want to say, I'm going to commit this illegal act in the name of change are worse than the people who are saying, I'm not going to change this because it's not illegal yet. And people don't want to look at that. They just want to have this hatred and they, and they, and you know, so a black person looks at a statue of P.T. Beauregard and he's offended. I look at a statue of P.T. Beauregard and I see a hero because he tried to prevent the war from starting. But most people don't know that, do they? And he protected the citizens of Charleston when the Union was bombarding the city and he was trying to save lives. But people don't look at that. They just go, he's an angry white slave owning son of a bitch. And I can't stand that. This is the United States of America. There was a reconstruction afterward to heal the nation. And during with, that reconstruction, everybody was pardoned of with, with, or, or treason, except except uh, Davis, I think, right? With no, uh, with no pun intended, everything isn't always black and white in any conflict, right? And that's just there, it. There, there were good people fighting for the Confederacy, and there were bad people fighting for the Union. Robert E. Lee... Uh, the way I understand it, Abraham Lincoln asked Robert E. Lee to lead his armies and Lee would have done it except for he couldn't stomach the thought of fighting against his fellow Virginians. Therefore he fought for the South, but were it not for that, he would have been a union general. Yes. A lot of officers. That and, were and, military, and he was not pro slavery the way I understand it. I don't know if Lee owned slaves. No, he owned slaves. Okay. okay. Have, you ever been, have you ever been to Arlington National Cemetery? I No, I'd love to. Okay. That is Robert E. Lee's plantation. They seized it from him after the war's reparations and turned it into a national cemetery. They took away his fortune. And one of the things he did right after the war was over, one of the times he went to church after the war was over, a black person was up up in the front there kneeling, praying. And Lee walked right next to this former slave, recently freed slave, and knelt down next to him and prayed with him. But people don't remember that either. They only remember the garbage that's been put out there by Hollywood and stuff. There were lots of people after the war that were bitter. They were bitter about having their property taken. They were bitter about, about all the money it cost them. It, they were bitter about their, the lives that were lost. They were bitter about a lot of things. 
And there were people that did evil things like create the Ku Klux Klan. I am not forgiving that. But if we were going to heal as a nation at that time, pardoning people and getting on with things was the best thing to do. And to this day, I still want our nation to be healed from that conflict. But what I see is our nation heading back towards another conflict like that because we didn't learn from history because we're erasing it. And because people don't know about all the underhanded things that went on. People don't see this. They don't see that. They just see what they want to see. They're offended by what they see because they don't understand what they see because they don't take the time to study history. They don't take the time to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I want to appreciate the fact that when somebody sees a statue, they're offended. All right, explain to me why. But I'm going to go ahead and dispel every myth that they've got that creates their uh, uh, you know, offense. If they mm -hmm. choose to continue to be offended, be offended. But I can tell you, you know, I mean, you wanted to have a, a panel with somebody to have, have a perspective other than a white guy because there's nothing but a bunch of white guys on a panel. All right. Well, I can tell you, I, I, I got a little bit of appreciation because I'm the only Southerner on this panel. Mm -hmm. And I've had to go my whole damn life to being told you were the bad guy. But if you study history, Confederacy wasn't the bad guy. And all kinds of people today are calling for states' rights. That's what the Confederacy wanted. They wanted states' rights. And that's what they got. And that's part of the reason they lost is because they had a weak central government and a strong and strong state government. And that's part of the reason they lost, because during a war, you need a strong federal government. But, you know, it's well, ironic, and also you had you had the industrial north fighting that, against the uh, agrarian south and, that, and yes. the resources and the money just wasn't there in the south. Well, there were other things, yes, but I'm saying that was one of the things. But I don't know, for the past, like, three years, I've heard, heard people come on these shows on YouTube saying, states rights, states rights, states rights. Like, wait a minute, I want an apology because you guys shoved it down my throat my whole life that states' rights are evil, that we need a strong federal government. Now that we've got a strong federal government and it's screwing everything up, everybody wants state rights. So it's like, well, then I guess Confederacy was right. You know, <laughs> I would have rather seen slavery in gradually, voluntarily, and peacefully, because I think if that had happened, I think there would have been bloodshed, and and there would have been a situation where we wouldn't have had a civil rights movement because you wouldn't have had a bunch of bitter people. I just don't think that that would have ever happened when it I, was. I do. I, I wait. I want to hear. I, I don't you, think so. I don't think I've ever in history seen uh, any society, any culture that has enslaved another culture, just willingly let them go. Um, because it was the right thing to do. Um, now I, I know that there were a lot. There's a well, lot of then, nuance uh, you, when it, you, when you it came the to the civil of your war. Part of the issue that that people were fighting, and one of the reasons the South wanted to secede, um, the way I understand it, was because there was talk of abolishing the slave trade, which would have meant that they would have had to completely rethink all of their their entire way of life, they would have had to pick their own cotton, grow their own tobacco. They wouldn't have had people to work the fields for no money. They it would have cost them a lot more. I've thought about this often you when I when I hear doesn't cost you anything. You've got to be kidding me. This is another Yankee misconception about slavery. Sure, but hold Wait, on. What is our, what I've is thought about the same thing. I've thought about the same. Hold on now. I've I've thought about this very same thing a lot when I hear people arguing that we need to allow a certain number of illegals into our country because uh, because of the cheap labor as far as working in the strawberry fields or doing the landscaping or whatever it is that, that people are doing along the border or in California. And that was the first thing I thought of is, well, that seems like probably the most 
asshole way to look at things is oh my gosh if if we didn't have the illegals in california who's gonna mow our grass oh heaven forbid you get out there and do it your own damn self heaven forbid you get out there and hoe your own fields but that wasn't the way it was and i know that's an oversimplification but that was one of the things that would have threatened the entire economy of the south had the slave trade had to just end they still would have been back to square one with a lot of other things too plus we would have had a lot of slaves who did and this did actually end up happening uh that get displaced all of a sudden they don't have anywhere to go they don't have any way to make money so they were even the slaves at the time the emancipated slaves they still came and and had to work for less money than a lot of people than the white people um i mean the it, everything wasn't wine and roses for for anybody after this right but it just it it makes me it makes me kind of wonder you know again are we repeating ourselves already to an extent um are we not being a little bit divided not necessarily for for uh you know black slaves but now um brown slaves and, and hispanic people coming across the border that again that sometimes people get treated the same way over and over again right because we didn't learn and that's kind of what i think that ultimately the point that that you were trying to make is we didn't learn and now it's coming back around to bite us again because we weren't smart enough to wise up the first time no i'm talking about the division in the country and about people manipulating uh things politicians manipulating the situation and people using smoke and mirrors to explain what's really going on or to to justify what's really going on and to create a situation where Americans want to fight Americans over principles, over, over their interests, over uh, their culture, over their way of life, over their beliefs, over what they think is right and wrong. And it would always be better if we could work things out in a nonviolent fashion. From time to time, war is inevitable. It's necessary, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I used to be in the war business. You'd think I'd be all about let's have war all the time, but I'm not. I'm not. And you can glean a lot of positive things out of war. And sometimes war forces change faster than not going to war. But when you force change, there's ramifications that last a long time because you put somebody's arm behind their back instead of letting them stick their hand out and shake yours. But if you didn't want to wait for that handshake, war is a quick way to, 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 to get that arm behind that back. Oh, I, I agree. And, and that's something that we all fight against, right? If we, if we take this and, and move that same context over to a different topic for a second, um, yes, Patriot in the dark. I don't know if you can actually see the comments that I throw up on the screen here, but, um, I did see your comment and Patriot said every second matters. We open carry to put it out in view to promote the conversation. Our statue is the same. Now I left that on the screen for a while because I, I wanted to make sure that, that I did address that comment when we were talking about the statues, but we've moved on, but it's the same thing, right? When we talk about as gun owners, we always talk about policing our own and, and having the conversation within our own ranks about, you know, safe storage and safe transport and things like that. And if, if we can actually you know, do things right ourselves on our own. We don't need the government to pass a law forcing us to do the things that we already know to do to be safe. Right. And so what you were just saying made me think about that is anytime that you force somebody into doing something 
whether or not they were already going to do it as Americans, we, again, at least as, as patriotic Americans, we have an inherent, um, aversion to being told what to do. Right. I mean, that's what the American Patriot originally was. Don't tell me what to do. I would rather do my own thing and, and I would rather do it my way. And so that's always going to rankle. That's always going to cause strife. And, and sometimes that does end up leading to war. It's how we got here. Uh, it did lead to the civil war in that case too, when people were forced into doing things that they didn't want to do or weren't ready to do yet. So I do see what you're saying there. I think I do. Does, does that, do I see what you're saying there? I get you. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of. It, it, a lot of it really had to come down to money, but it was two different cultures. And mm -hmm. one culture saying, we've got all the voting power, we're making all the rules, and you're going to do what we say, whether it fits in with your life or not, whether it fits in with your traditions, your economy, anything else or not. And if you look at what's happening politically in this country, we're having the same thing, where one side is a louder voice, and they're saying, we're the only ones that are right, we're the only ones that are allowed to say anything, we're the only ones allowed to be angry, offended, we can do this. You can't do that. We're right. You're wrong. And it's happening again. Now, what's going to end up coming of that? I hope not a civil war. I'm not encouraging it. And I think that we have a better chance of avoiding it than, than actually uh, uh, getting anything out of one. I mean, who, who exactly are you going to go, you know, what are you going to do? Kill your neighbor? It's not going to be divided down a, a geographical line anymore. Mm -mm. So I, I don't want a civil war. But that's what happened last time is over over time, bad feelings got stirred up to cover up the real reasons for the war. And I honestly think that we should have stayed two separate countries. And if we ever wanted to reunite, we should have put it to a vote somewhere in the future. But if I, I think that the United States would have been better off having a union and a confederacy for as long as it took to to deal with the issue and sure, that you, that would have that would have like changed it. the economy of both sides because then then all of a sudden we wouldn't have been able to get cotton tobacco things like that from the south without having to pay tariffs and things like that for it or pay extra oh, but for it's okay. it it's okay for the and, south to pay tariffs on and, northern stuff and the <laughs> same thing would have happened for steel and everything else that came from the north that went to the south you're right it would have yeah. upset both economies uh had that did. been the case too it sure already it did. did. The economy but, but what they were... the north, not the south. That's part of the reason for the war. But but you know as well as I do that part of the reason that the Union didn't want to let the south secede was because it was going to turn their economy on its ear both directions. The The south would have lost a lot of things had, had they just abolished slavery and they did lose those things anyway, as it turned out. And the north would have lost a lot of things had they just let the south secede which you're right, they did end up losing a lot of things as it turned out, but they didn't know that at the time. Um, but both both sides were were trying to um, trying to maintain a status quo and make things better for themselves. Um, and then so that could happen. That could happen again with that's, things that's, that's going on in current events. That's what's happening now. Yes. All yeah. right, uh, Rogue Banshee, you have said out there the ruling class has been successful in making us fight each other instead of paying attention to what they're doing behind the curtain. Um, would you want to expound on that a little bit and just elaborate on what you mean when you say that? Well, I mean, I'm not going to go into the whole history of how we have, 
you know, our ruling class. And I do say ruling class because politicians, their their job is to be a politician. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we didn't it, politicians didn't they weren't career politicians, but then we made them career politicians, and now their job is to stay in power. And you know, for me, it's they have us fighting ourselves. And they've been really good at pitting each other, us against each other. So that way they can just go pass laws and then they can consolidate their power even more. Because the more that the more that we fight with each other, they can do stuff we're not paying attention. Um, they're passing laws, they're attaching bills to other bills to get things passed, uh, slipping things through. They're, you know, I mean, they're they're just doing what we allowed them to do, and. And instead of paying attention to that, we're worried about black versus white. It, I don't care who you are. Um, it, you're an American. You know, one thing that drove me nuts when I was in FFL, when people came in to fill out their 4473, there's a whole thing about race. What does that entire section of the 4473 have to do with your ability to own a gun? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with it. But yet they have us so worried about what box do I check? And we shouldn't be even worrying about that stuff. We should be worrying about what they're doing. You know, if we want to worry about our First Amendment rights, our Second Amendment rights, any rights that we we have been given, um, well, I wouldn't even say given, that are our God-given rights, we shouldn't be fighting each other against those rights. We should be fighting our politicians and, and holding them accountable for chipping away at those rights. Um, you know, it goes back to the the whole flag burning you were talking about earlier is, you know, I, do I like people burning the flag? No, I, I, I hate it. It's, 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 to me, it's disgusting, but it is their right to do so. Um, we need to start holding our, our politicians accountable for their actions and stop fighting with each other over stupid things. Absolutely. Uh, Warsaw Patriot has said this so-called modern civil war that we keep hearing and fearing about will be like what happened in Europe in the Yugoslav wars. States fighting states, nothing but chaos. I can't say that I disagree with that, Warsaw yeah. Patriot. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be study. bad. Yeah. It's going to be bad. And New York Outcast says everyone was upset with the government. And I think you're meaning... Uh, New York outcast. I think you're meaning over the, the COVID thing. Everyone was upset with the government until the news changed the focus and fired thinking up. We're definitely getting played. Um, I would have liked to get some of your thoughts uh, in here in the panel, New York outcast. And if you still want to join, uh, feel free to jump in. You are definitely welcome to, to sound off. Um, but, uh, and if you don't want to, that's cool. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, we're, we're definitely getting played. Um, just look at some of the things that are still still happening. Some of the laws that still get introduced. Um, I know Congress isn't in session, but um, there are still a lot of state level laws that are getting put through right now, and and even some some, I guess, state level executive orders that are getting issued. Um, just going back to just being as gun owners, um, you know that that are are just completely terrible. Um, and I can't help but think that there's a bigger push now than ever to start disarming people. It's crazy how when when conflict starts to 
um, when conflict starts to, I guess, rear its ugly head, I will say, in our country, a couple things happen. Number one, the people realize how little control the government actually has over your own safety or their own safety, their own being the people. And so look how many uh, NICS checks we have done just in the last three months. Each each one of the last three months broke the previous month's record. And each month is a new all-time record for NICS checks within the month. Now, we all know that doesn't necessarily equate to that many firearms sold, but it's that many NICS checks. And that's that's with the system being partially shut down in some places. So I think the numbers would be higher if if everybody wasn't shut down, or I mean, if everybody was open the way that they should be. Um, so number one, we've got the people that are scrambling all of a sudden to arm themselves because they're finally aware. A lot of people have got their eyes open now that the government for, for all their uh, fake promises um, and all the smoke and mirrors and, and rainbows and unicorns that they've been blowing up your butt, uh, they can't actually do anything to make you safe or keep you safe. And if they could, they can't be everywhere and they can't always be there on time or in time to, to do anything. So number one, we've got the, the population is, is figuring out those. Some of us knew this. A lot of people are finding out uh, for the first time and hopefully not finding out the hard way, but their eyes are getting opened uh, that maybe we need to be uh, take a little more, more responsibility for our own safety and our own well-being. Number two, we've got the politicians that are scrambling more than ever to take away our very rights to do that and block. Well, they can't take away our rights as far as, you know, God gave us the right, but they can block the exercise of those rights and they can take away our ways to, to exercise those rights. And so if anything, that, uh, that struggle, that, uh, that conflict between the two is going to come to a head, you know, at some point itself. Um, I think that the race thing is, is going to be partially a catalyst. And I think that people are getting fired up and stirred up because when we've got people that are looking for reasons to be offended, race is one of the easiest ways to get offended. And, and people are getting conditioned for that right now. And so, yeah, anybody that thinks that, that as a general rule, the population isn't getting played, um, you're wrong if you don't think that. Um, and anybody that thinks that, you know, well, maybe people are getting played, but not me. I don't know. I think we're all guilty to an extent of, of uh, being played a little bit or at least feeding into it. I know I am. Uh, sometimes I, I get carried away on social media uh, with some of the things that are going on. And, and I just need to tell myself, you know what? This is actually affecting your mood and your attitude. And, and I got to just tell myself to leave it alone for a while and go do something uh, you know, healthy and productive and, and get my head out of social media because it, I, I can feel it affecting my mood sometimes. Now that partially is me letting it happen, but that's still me being played because that's the very thing that uh, is the goal of the, the, I guess the agents provocateur that are, that are trying to, to accomplish these things. Uh, and if it works on me and I know it's happening, uh, how much better is it going to work on the people that aren't even aware that, that they're getting played like that? You know, so we can, we can have a whole nother night's discussion again about just these conflicts and, and how the, the media and the politicians are, are leading us towards the path of our own destruction. Maybe that's what we'll do, uh, next week. But, uh, 
Um, definitely the, the race thing is being used as a tool. I don't think that that's our issue. Uh, our issue as a country and the thing that we need to heal from isn't necessarily that we're a racist country. Um, I think, I think our main issue, well, we have several, but, but that's only, that's only a small issue. And our issue is that we're getting divided because there are people that are trying to make it happen. And there are other people that are willing to let it happen, um, because they're ready to, go to war i guess they're ready to put on their hawaiian shirts and their plate carriers and go find some large uh house made out of ice some big igloo or something i don't know if you're supposed to say boogaloo on the air but but i'm i'm with squib i will i will advocate 100 percent to avoid a conflict avoid a shooting war where americans shoot at americans um i'm never going to be for that scenario i think that there's always going to be ways that we can avoid a shooting war. And I think that the American Patriots were against that scenario too. Um, unfortunately things happen and they found themselves in a shooting war like it or not. It's go time. Um, I fear that's what's going to happen one day in my country. Again, I don't want to see that, but this only works if we sit down and we have conversations and this conversation maybe didn't go quite like I had originally imagined it, but if it sets up that conversation next week, Maybe it's not an all, uh, you know, uh, a, a problem at all. Maybe this has been a, a good thing that's happened. Um, the other thing I'd like to see for those of you that are still with us or, or joining us late. Um, the other thing I'd like to see is a continuation of this. This doesn't have to be the only time we talk about this. Maybe having this conversation will, um, will, you know, maybe this one will reach out to some people that say, Hey, you know, I'd like to sit down and talk about some of these things. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's totally fine uh, if, if you want to do that. So that's where, you know, you can reach out to us. Um, you can email us while we're live at sandhillslive at gmail.com. We may or may not get those throughout the week. We're not going to check it much throughout the week. You can still catch us uh, at sandhillshooter at gmail.com uh, as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if this is something that you want to talk about a live chat, Go ahead and send it out to sandhillslive at gmail.com and, and eventually we'll see that and get back to you on that um, and see if we can maybe round up a few more people and we can we can come back and revisit some of these topics just because we did it once doesn't mean that you know having the a, a conversation about the same topic with different people it's going to be a new conversation so uh, i'm not opposed to that either um so uh having said all that i think it's about time that we start uh wrapping up um, but before I do, um, I know that, uh, some of us have, have spoken a little bit more than others. Um, but I just want to open up the floor to those of you that maybe haven't been quite as vocal, um, or the rest, you know, the other, all, all of you on the panel. Um, if there's anything else that you want to throw out there that, uh, that's pertinent to, to anything we've covered tonight, um, that we would be remiss if we didn't cover it real quick before we close tonight. So we'll just open the floor up. We, I won't call on anybody specific. Well, I had something that's been stewing in my brain that I heard today on another podcast while I was in the field. Okay. Um, I heard uh, Uber Eats. And I think this kind of falls underneath the uh, not necessarily racism, maybe more prejudiced, maybe. Okay. But Uber Eats was going to waive 
their delivery fee for black owners, but still charge everybody else the delivery fee on that. Now, I know it, that goes against the civil liberties that we have and then everything that's on the books because you can't do that. And there'd be case lawyers and stuff jumping all over that left and right and getting <laughs> they'd be getting sued. But even just them talking well, about or, or would they, though? I mean, in this day and age, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe there's a judge that would actually uphold that or, or strike down the lawsuit and, and throw it out because. I mean, that's just it. We have gone to the point where the pendulum is starting to swing clear the other direction, and we didn't really cover that much tonight. But right, I, and that's kind of what I'm getting to. I, I, I think, yeah. So, so I think what you're what you're kind of meaning by that is that we have seen a whole lot of, you know, instead of the white people oppressing the black people, we've got a ton of white people right now that are are wanting to apologize for things that they had nothing to do with. Well, and wait, I, oh. go ahead. Is it really that big of a deal? I mean, hold on. Do you think that black people have been oppressed? Pat, this is you, right? You you brought this up. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I I was saying as companies, you know, w whether they're trying to pander. Well, what's what's the big deal if they if they want to give black people a a, a, no, a discount? I, I'm not no, I, I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong because with that. That is real racism. That oh is racism. Gosh. No, it, it, if it, you don't have to be white to be racist. And, and that's the that's the notion that is getting spread lately. And it has been for some time, but it's yeah. really bad right now. Uh, if you're not white, it doesn't matter what you say. You can't be taken as racist right now, uh, which is total bullshit uh, because there are you can be any any gender any or any race whatsoever and and be racist towards other races it's not something that's exclusive to just white people but the fact if you're going to single out any single race and treat them differently uh that seems to me like first of all um a slap in the face not only to everybody that's not that race but that also seems like hey black people uh, we know that you can't uh, handle all the stuff that everybody else can handle. So we're going to try and make things easier for you because, well, you know what? We just we don't think that uh, that you should have it as rough uh, because, you know, I mean, how, how is that? How my only my only point is that I, I, I think it's it, it's a small thing that somebody so, that they wanted to do. Um, it's not that big of a deal just to let it go on that. And that, that's my point was that sure. that's something they want to do. And I get it, but I think us arguing about it and bringing but, but it I up. Think it makes sets, I think it sets precedent though, because again, we look at a lot of different things and let's say that uh, there was a company that said, well, we want to not charge white people a delivery fee. Right. I, I get that. But there, but that, that, that goes back to my print. My first comment was that there have been things that I don't have to put up with because of my skin color that black folks do have to put up with. And, and I think that it just, if you admit that on some, in some form, there can be a bridge built to understand that, that some people have been oppressed. And that I think that man, if, if a, if a company wants to give a discount, I, I get the precedence that you're saying it sets, but I think we do. Better I, I think that if there were go. actual laws in place recently that had just been struck down and, and uh, we just had overturned Jim Crow or something like that. 
Okay. The, I think the, maybe you, you would have more of a, you, what you're saying would have more of a, a you know, a, a, a basis, but we have not had Jim Crow. We have not had segregation for a long time. Yes, there are still people alive that remember those days. Yeah. There's not anybody alive that remembers the American slave days or or the, the pre-war time, um, pre-Civil War here. Those folks are long since gone. All the slave owners and all the slaves are dead now. And I don't know when my family exactly came to this country. I do know that uh, as far as I know, all my ancestors came to this country after the 1860s. So I know that I don't have any American slave owning history in my family. Um, I'm not okay with being treated like I'm a bad guy either. Squib, I, I understand where you're coming from. I never, I've never thought about what it's like to grow up in the South and be told you're the bad guy. I get it. That, that's one of the things that I wanted to have this conversation for is to get a new perspective. Well, let me give Duke some perspective here. Duke, did you kill those people in Las Vegas from the Mandalay Bay 32nd floor window? Did you do that? Nope. You didn't. Okay. So are you going to apologize to the victims because you own guns? Or destroy no, your man. guns? No, but I, I, I get where you're coming from. And, and okay. that's irrelevant to the point that I was trying I to think make. It was very relevant. No, I, I think it isn't because it's, it's the point of this, this of this chat was supposed to be, from my understanding, was was of talking about some racism things, mm -hmm. and it was turned into a, a Southern Pride chat, and that's what and I'm it, disappointed at. And, and there's a lot of Southern Pride in this chat, which is not going to help in any way or form. Any minority who was listening to this is going to suddenly want to come aboard this platform or a platform of the Second Amendment, and that's my that's my concern, man. Was yeah, that, and that's that's a valid I didn't want it to turn into a Southern Pride chat, but as soon as the whole statue and then the whole, oh, you know, slavery and Confederacy and all this stuff, every single right. time it comes into the, and I don't, I don't like that coming into the whole, the problem with America today. But the benefit of that, the, the positive side effect is we have a history lesson to learn from. And if people would take the time to actually learn the real history leading up to and during, they yeah. might some similarities today and yeah. they might and be I, a little worried and i and i i understand that man and i totally i'm not mad at you i just i'm just disappointed in, in the in the movement of the chat which was not anything that I'm, I'm, well i'm not i'm trying to be pleasant with you but there's if any minority is listening to this i'm telling you they've been swayed not in the direction of anything that supports the second amendment or this and that's what i'm okay. disappointed in i don't that's look all. at people that are different than me as weaker Okay, you're condescending to people that are different than you. I am not. They are equal to me. Okay, um, you know, well, okay. To, to just hold on now. Duke is not condescending. Duke is just asking a question of what's so bad about what you and I consider to be condescending, and and maybe Duke doesn't consider that, and that's okay too. All right, because again, everybody's viewpoint. Everybody gets a chance to share their viewpoint, and and the whole point of this is that we're not going to say that one person is that whether or not I disagree with you doesn't make you wrong or me right. Okay. Uh, I'll still say some things are bullshit, but that's, again, that's my opinion. That's not me saying that it's, it's fact. So what I do want to point out before we run out of time, cause I'm going to have to call this on time, but New York outcast, for those of you that aren't aware, New York outcast, um, is, is, uh, uh, I guess, what, what what should I say? Mixed race, New York outcast. Is that okay to say? Again, this is something that I don't even know the right words all the time, the right nomenclature, and I'm not meaning to offend anybody. Uh, but if I do, 
I don't care. Let's have a conversation about, you know, maybe the, the right things to say that don't piss people off. But New York Outcast says the white half of me is pissed about that. And the black half is insulted. And even though I don't know what it's like to be black, um, I think that the only way that you can actually legitimize yourself uh, or legitimize a group of people is to not give them preferential treatment based on things that are outside of their control. Whether it's whether it's uh, good or bad preferential preferential treatment, the color of one's skin has should have no bearing on whether or not they get treated differently, whether it's better or worse. I think that treating somebody better based on the color of their skin is equally racist. Um, and and uh, it's it's maybe not as as rooted in evil and it may be rooted in good intentions. But, you know, it makes me think of the people here last week that put a black square on their Facebook or Instagram picture, you know, a black square. Look at me. Hey, black people, I just want you to know that me, Mr. White guy, I got a black square up there and you should be happy. Aren't you? Aren't you grateful now that I put up a black square and I support you black people? Because because look at my black square. Look, black people, look at me. Uh, you should be grateful that I did this. Fuck, that just pisses me off. I didn't put up a black square because I'm not going to pander or act like I had anything to do with any of the bad shit that happened in the past in my country because I didn't. And I didn't offend. I didn't own any of the people that are alive right now. And I don't think that it is anything but condescending to put up a black square and make it look like I am, you know, all of a sudden, hey, uh, it's okay for you to like me. Uh, don't look at me like I'm a bad guy just because I'm white. Don't hate me because I'm white. Well, let's just talk about, hey, I'm a person, you're, I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes, or however that goes in, in Good Burger. So, <laughs> I mean, let's just all be dudes, okay? Um, the It's just, if we give people preferential treatment based on the color of their skin, which they have no control over, then, I mean, it's it's not right no matter how we do it, whether we give things that they don't deserve or we don't give them things that they do deserve. It's equally bad. And it still teaches people that skin color is a reason to single people out and treat them differently. And that's not the world that I want to live in. And God forbid that my, if I ever have kids that they grow up in a world where people are still judged on the color of their skin, I don't want that for them. That's, that's all. Sorry. And I know that both of you have very good points that you're trying to make. Um, but at the same time, it's just, I am never going to get behind something that says that, Hey, just because somebody, uh, has, uh, you know, a color of their skin, um, that we're going to treat them differently. That to me is what racism is or colorism, I guess, or pigmentism. Um, we all have the same skin. We all have the same melanin, just different amounts of it. Um, so let's I'm okay with seeing color. I'm not saying that I don't see color. Okay. I want to talk about how this person is black and this person is mocha and this person is caramel and this person is, is pink. I don't think that we should shy away from something like that. I just don't think that we should treat them differently. I think we should celebrate the fact that um, even though we're all people, we're all unique. I'm okay with that idea. God built us different. God didn't make any one of us the same. Even those of us that are all, you know, white people, we're all different too. Um, God didn't build us all the same height, the same shape, the same color, the same anything, because he didn't want things to be boring. 
So it's cool that we have differences and it's cool to talk about what makes us different. And, and it's cool to see what happens when, you know, a, a black person and a white person fall in love and they have kids and some of them have different colored skin than, than others, even within the same family. Some people have more melanin and some people have less melanin. I think it's neat. And I don't know if it's okay for me to even say that. And that's what's fucked up. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I want to talk about things like that. When I, those of you that don't know, my wife and I have a DJ business and on weekends starting finally in July, we can go back to work and, and DJ some wedding dances. And when I have a client who's black and I, I always have a conversation that, you know, whenever we play music, it's family friendly and it's wedding day appropriate. So it's not going to be any gangster rap, fuck the police, things like that. But why am I afraid to say that when the, when I have a black bride or a black groom in my living room talking about this? Why is it all of a sudden I think that I'm going to offend them? Why is it not okay for me to say the same thing that I tell everybody and treat everybody the same way? Why am I all of a sudden afraid to treat somebody the same way? Because they don't know me and they don't know that I tell everybody the same thing. And that's fucked up. And I don't like that feeling. And if that makes me racist, then I guess I'll have to own up to that one day. But I don't think it does. Because I don't think that I'm any better, that my skin makes me any better than anybody else. So with that, um, I think it's time that I calm down. We're going to just let everybody uh, sign off here and, and, uh, and say goodnight. Um, and, and Duke, I understand what you're saying that, you know, the chat, like I said, it didn't necessarily go the direction I was thinking that, that maybe it was going to go or that I wanted it to. Um, I'm hoping that we haven't necessarily pushed people away. Um, again, just because one of us, and it could have been me, just because one of us said something that maybe you didn't like, isn't necessarily a reason to shut down communication. If anything, it proves the need that we need to sit down and have the communication and let's get these things out in the air and talk about them. So I'm hoping that anybody out there that hears this is willing to share it and invite people to come in. Even if I need to be, excuse me, if you think I need to be straightened out, you might not change my mind. But I, I want to know your perspective. I want to know where people are coming from that, that, that not only don't look and sound like me, but that disagree with me. Um, I'm okay with listening. All right. And I, I want to have those conversations because we're never going to heal this nation and we're never going to bridge this gap and, and end this divide if we can't talk about things and we can't just sit down and, and have these discussions together. So that's. It's all I want, I guess. So with that being said, we'll just go back around the horn and uh, see if we can, uh, if I can do this in reverse order that I had everybody. So I think the last one that we had in here overall was Pat. So Pat, thanks for joining us. Anything you want to sign off with? Uh, no, just wanted to say uh, thanks for inviting me tonight and uh, definitely stirred up a lot of uh, conversation tonight which is a good thing which is a very good thing because if if we don't listen and we don't talk to each other then we can't start to sort things out and just to be a smart ass i'm an identical twin <laughs> that's right i knew that that's right and, and uh if i am not mistaken pat's not the name you go by on facebook right because i can never even remember who i'm talking to or who i'm looking at on on facebook so I get you guys mixed up. Yeah, no, that that is me. That's just my uh, uh, my other handle. Yep, so. I got you. Nope, that's cool. All and right. Not misspell Republican 
It is an inside joke from back in high school. It is Republican. <laughs> okay, then. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for being here, Pat. Let's move over to, uh, before I go on, I've got to just mention this comment. Patriot in the dark. Uh, it says, you want to know something funny? You're all black to me. Um, wow. That was some dark, dark humor, Patriot. Uh, <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Patriot in the Dark was not born blind, but he did go blind later in life, and he can't see anything, so uh, he really is a Patriot. He really is in the dark. Anyway, Travis, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. No, I, I just I just think that this is this is a good discussion to have, and we're able to do this in a way that what I like about the Sand Hills is you moderated this in a way that it didn't have to turn into a screaming match, which is what it turns into everywhere else. I'm not saying our podcast with our little circle of friends, but just in the media, it's good to just have these discussions, whether we agree or not. But I think, we can, I think we can learn from it and start to see things from other people's perspective. I know I am and have. Yeah, those so of I us that have healthy. been around the old gun panels yeah. days and and know some of those live chats where they just turn into a flat out screaming match, and and the topic gets forgotten, and I I just turn them off. I don't even listen anymore. So hopefully I didn't lose anybody tonight. So uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I just think no. I just want to say this is this was a, a good discussion. I think it's worth the time for people to listen to, and I hope other people out there of all kinds of different backgrounds get a chance to listen to this because I think there's a lot that we can all learn from each other. So. It's good stuff, man. Thanks. You bet. Thanks for joining. Yep. Duke, it's okay to be passionate, and thank you for joining us and bringing your perspective. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for the invite. Appreciate it, everybody on the panel here. It was fun tonight. Uh, thank you, sir. You betcha. Thanks for being here. All right. Rogue Banshee, I am glad that you joined us tonight, and if you'd like, you can uh, you can come on in and hang out with us uh, more often if you want to. That's cool with me. Right. It's, uh, it, it was, uh, it was definitely a trial by fire. Um, <laughs> if you want to, uh, you don't even want to come was, back. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that at all. I, you know, I actually kind of enjoyed myself. Um, you know, you guys saw me on my camera and I'm just sitting there just listening to you guys go back and forth. And, you know, it, it proves tonight's conversation proves that it's not, you know, it's not a black versus white or tan versus brown or whatever mm -hmm. color. It's look, we're all Americans. We're, we're all have different opinions. We're all individuals. We just need to sit down and talk. Um, we don't want other people to dictate that conversation for us. Um, you know, having that conversation openly between each other, that's how we're going to understand each other. Um, you know, listening to Duke and Squib go back and forth and, you know, they're two different sides of the same coin um, and understanding where they're coming from. That's that's part of opening up and, and, and talking and trying to get past things. Let's not let anybody else have this conversation. Let's all have this conversation together. Yeah, exactly right. And out there, New York Outcast. Hey, thanks for the trophy. I'll take it. I uh, think I might get the trophy for being wound up. Um, you know, I say I'm a grumpy old man, and you guys don't always get to see all of the things that my wife gets to see week in and week out when we're not live on the air. Typically, I want these to be chats that you can play with the kids in the room and let the kids listen to them other than tonight. So, uh, yeah, tonight I actually uh, just took my filter off. That's all. Sad so, hills after hours. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, Squib, you were the first one in, so we'll let you sign off last. And your phone has lasted. Well, you've been in and out, but your phone is still with you. So thanks for being here. 
and the phone didn't put up the alarm that said it was overheating. It just dropped me out three times. Uh-huh. Uh, about your last statement there, I think you said it well. Uh, as far as uh, I, I agree with with your sentiment in the first part. That's why I'm so angry. That's why I'm so passionate. This this shouldn't even. I'm glad that we can have a discussion, and I think we need to have discussion. This is something we shouldn't even be discussing. We should be discussing other things right now only because this shouldn't be an issue, but it is. And the second half of your statement just goes to prove I'm still the bad guy and I've got to go the rest of my life hearing that. No, I don't think so. I don't think you're the bad guy. I think that, uh, I think that again, you grew up in a place where you got told that everybody in the South maybe was, was the bad guy, but you didn't fight against the North. You didn't fight in the civil war. You didn't own slaves. So again, you can feel like that if you want to, but you could also choose to say, look, you might think that at face value, but let me tell you something. Uh, I might've been born in the South. I might've grown up there, but I've never owned another human being in my life. And I detest the notion of it. And I've been to around the world and I have fought against injustices uh, on more than one occasion. And you can think what you want about me, but I know the truth. And dude, if you want to think that, then I think you'd be justified in saying that to anybody that uh, tries to say otherwise. And I'm not just pandering to you because you're, you know, meaner than me either or a better shot. So, but you probably are a better shot. So anyway, um, but no, uh, I don't, I won't speak for anybody else. I don't think that anybody who grew up in the South is, is a bad person because they grew up in the South. I don't think anybody who's proud of the South is a bad person just because they're proud of the South either. So if, uh, um, if just being proud of where you came from makes you a racist, uh, then I don't know. I'm proud of Nebraska and I don't think that makes me racist, but it's okay to be proud of who you are and where you came from. Um, and, and let me just end with this. Um, Sometimes people make mistakes. Sometimes people completely get it wrong, but everybody can learn from their mistakes and decide not to repeat them. Everybody can decide that what they did was bad and, and resolve to not do it again or not do it anymore. And that's part of what being human is. And that's part of what, uh, this, this ride called life really is is making mistakes, learning from them and not doing them anymore. And so just because somebody maybe did bad things in the past, said bad things in the past, thought bad things in the past, that doesn't necessarily mean that they all, uh, they, they do, they say, they think those same things still today. So, um, even if somebody, you know, did grow up in an area where they were taught how to be racist. And then later on, they learned that, Hey, this is not cool. Uh, I don't want to be a dick anymore, then I'm okay with them taking steps to no longer act that way and, and be that way. So uh, hopefully we all can have that same mindset too, that, you know, even if I'm saying things right now that are terrible uh, in somebody's mind, um, if later on I become convinced that those were terrible, I can still change. I can still do things better. Um, I do things that are wrong all the time, but that doesn't mean that I'm doomed to always be bad or do bad. That just means that I've got work to do, which that just means that I'm human, which we all are. And I believe we were all built by the same dude, 
the same the same God. And uh, he obviously doesn't want us all to look the same, act the same, feel the same, think the same, or he could have made us that way. This is what he wanted. We just got to learn how to get along with each other. And that's really all I wanted to do tonight. So with that, let me see if I can grab the list. And I did. So out there in the chat tonight, we had, again, a good showing of people. Uh, again, I said this early, but if, uh, if you're joining us later and you're not commenting, then we don't know you're here. We cannot see you. And then we don't get to say hi to you at this time of the night. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Justin Gibbons, G23, uh, the Rogue Banshee, Agorizer, Carolina EDC Reviews, Mystic Guns, Emily L, the 402 Outdoorsman, 2 Live Mood, Jay Brown, Blue Steel 44, Rick Nethery, Travis T, Defense Dad, Guy That Comments, Keith Gregory, Midnight Range TM, Warsaw Patriot, Kingpin, Patriot in the Dark, Vanessa Kitty, Ghost Tactical, Schofield 63, Tara Smith, Philo, Jackers 56, Seven Wonders, Mike, The Poor Conservative, Patrick, Travis P11, New York Outcast, Ozzy Osbourne, Nine Millimia, Joe Schneider, not to be confused with Bo Duke, John Schneider, uh, M. Gabriel, Net Flutter, David Ramirez, and all of you who chose not to comment and let us know that you were there. Uh, thank all of you for joining us. On behalf of Squibload, the Rogue Banshee, Duke Liberty, Travis P11, Pat Hirsch, Sandhill Sweetheart, and myself, thank you all so much for joining us. Again, I know I say this every week, but it's true. Without you, we don't have a podcast. We don't have a reason to have a podcast. We could all just get together on a Zoom chat and argue with each other, uh, and it wouldn't be worth anything. So hopefully we have uh, maybe opened a few people's minds or at least made you think Maybe we've cemented what you already thought. Maybe we've made you think along a different line. Maybe we have uh, done none of the above. But if you liked this chat, please share it. Please click the thumbs up and let YouTube know you care. Um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do so. If you haven't gone and found us on Facebook, please do so. Facebook.com slash Sandhills Shooter uh, with no space in there, but two S's in the middle. And uh, I think that's all I uh, need to say. So with that... Uh, we love you all. God bless you. Thank you for joining us and get off my lawn.